0: well hello everybody and welcome to a jam-packed episode 285 of we podcast and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news my name is greg Hahn. alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business sam Matura. holy shit we're in june we are in june it is june 1st as we record this episode you're hearing on june 3rd friday june 3rd or after i'll be at the phillies game Ah, you bastard! Terrible. Uh, yeah. So, uh, huge show, and we don't have a ton of stories tonight, but what we have is a ton of content. We have picks of the week and trivia. Eleven for me, ten for Sam. But we're gonna go with TV first. You know, and I know I'm not uh, uh numb to the fact that I know I'm a Pokemon nerd, and when a the, a giant trailer drops. For the new games coming out this year, and I don't have it as the lead story, I'm basically just submitting that I know that I'm the nerd and not everybody else wants to hear. Well, your- when two uh-huh.
1: giant shows drop basically the same day,
0: believe you know. me, any other week and Pokemon trailer will be leading the show, but yeah. we're starting with TV tonight with our spoiler-free impressions of Stranger Things 4 Part 1. Sam and I have both finished all seven episodes, all 37 hours. Uh, so we have that for you. <laughs> so spoiler free there. Spoiler free impressions of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So far, three episodes deep uh, of the series. So we have our spoiler free there as well. We have some updates on the uh, Twisted Metal series coming to Peacock. If you didn't remember that there even was one, we have an update mm-hmm. for you. Sam will then uh, kind of take it over in gaming. We're going to start gaming in the future. I'll explain later, Uh, but we got more on the PlayStation state of play. We got uh, the PS plus games for June. They are insane. We normally don't cover them. And when I do, you know, it's because they're insane. Then we have the big giant breakdown of the three minute plus Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet trailer. Uh, I have a complete breakdown. We have the release dates. We have our top three things from the trailer. Could be good. Could be bad. Could be whatever. Um, But we have our top three from that trailer. I have, predictions for summer game fest xbox and bethesda's game showcase on june 12th the summer nintendo direct which i surmise to be uh, june 14th or 15th um summer game fest is a week from tomorrow aka thursday aka the past yesterday for you guys that's just a weird thing that we're recording on a wednesday um but summer game fest is june 9th so instead of like doing predictions three different times or its own bonus I have predictions for all of it that I'm going to be able to just give you today. I'm really looking forward to that. I have my impressions of Lily Moe's new game out today. As a matter of fact, June 3rd for everybody listening the day this releases. Uh, We got our update on the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order sequel, uh, Mario Strikers Battle League and Sonic Frontiers updates before I'll take it back over movies for some Black Adam news and some WB news before Sam's brings us home. With a weekly WADA. So again, not like a billion stories, but they're all super impactful. But before we get there, let's start. What we customarily do with our picks of the week?
1: Pick of the week. Um, me and Kelly, were back at the movies. Some and you saw Top Gun Maverick. I had to see it. I had to see it in theaters. I promised myself I would. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, there it is. Saw it in IMAX. And oh, oh it, I bet that was awesome. Dude, it was so loud. Like, I felt like just I'm in my chair, like how they're flying the plane. I'm like, think of a U-turn in an initial D. That's like, (laughs) dude, I was like that in the seat. Like, that's how I'm like immersed. Like this movie was. Did they have
0: a plane underneath the seat blowing exhaust onto everybody? Dude, if if that's
1: all, that's if they had that, I would have been, you know, it would have been a twenty out of twenty experience. They have so those
0: this, 4D IMAX like things that they yeah, do. Yeah, that but that's for. like
1: it's like a 40 minute drive for us. And I don't I don't feel like driving that far. But this one easily blows out the first one out of the water.
0: Like the first one,
1: if you go back, watch it. it like it's just an OK movie. I I don't know. Like it. it you definitely had the cheese. They definitely brought a little bit of the cheese here. You still kind of have your beach scene like you had in the first one. I absolutely love <laughs> how they played Iceman um, Val Kilmer. I thought that was like the perfect way. I think you could play the character. I mean, Tom Cruise always brings it. You always got his typical run in every movie. Bam, you get that in every single time. Um, but Miles Teller, um, he he was pretty good. It's good to see him, you know. Again, because I still, you know, I know he's from Pennsylvania, good guy, but he was he's still he's at the Phillies
0: game as we speak.
1: He was, he was, you know, the Fantastic Four reboot wasn't good. It hurts, but it's good to see that he, at least. The stuff that I've been seeing him recently, it's been actually fantastic. So hopefully we can wash away all that fantastic for a reboot. But John Hamm was good in this. Jennifer Connelly was great. Um, it, again, the, the special effects. This is what they probably wish they could have done in '89 or whenever the hell, the, or '86 when the first one came out. This was the highest grossing opening weekend of Tom Cruise's career. Hundred and seventy million dollar budget, already over three hundred and sixteen million um lady gaga music was in here hans zimmer so i would i was surprised to see hans zimmer's name in here to be honest but uh christopher McQuarrie, he, he was the guy who directed like the last six mission impossible so it looks like him and tom cruise have another great relationship because i feel like he's attached with him every single movie but th- this movie was was great the theater it, it had the last it had the moments you know, to tear you up a little bit the action sequence was were there um, I, I don't think they could have made a better Top Gun movie. I, this one was really surprised me. I did not expect to like it as much as I did. And Rotten Tomatoes at ninety seven percent, audience or critics both. That's critic. That's critic, critic. reviews are positive, nice. so that's great to see. This um, movie is. It's Tom Cruise is a powerhouse. You know, they showed you on IMAX to see the next Mission Impossible. That looks awesome. I can't wait for next year to see that. But again, this is a home run. Um, Kelly didn't even see the first one, and she still enjoyed the shit out of this one. She still, why I was crying, I, you know, I, I saw her. She really enjoyed this movie. So I, I don't think you have to, in, to watch the first one. But obviously, if you do, there's moments, there's nods that will definitely hit harder for you. So if you got, you know, two hours, go check it out in theaters. Top Gun Maverick.
0: Sam liked it so much. He's going to convert to Scientology. Hey, I don't like,
1: I don't like it that much. <laughs> uh,
0: my pick of the week. Uh, it, I feel like this would have been my pick of the week in 2005, as well as 2022, two bands dropped brand new singles today with announcements of new albums. Uh, and um, they're both really, really good. So I actually have kind of two picks of the week, but it's really, they're just a couple of songs. First and foremost, panic at the disco, dropped their new song viva las vengeance uh with the accompanying record coming out august 16th and uh it it's so good it's it's old school panic at the disco meets a brand new flavor of panic at the disco it looks like they have some new bandmates including a um i believe it was a Gale on on the bass which was really cool to see uh it, it was this really like poppy song but also at the same time it's a big, like, not fuck you to growing up in Las Vegas, but it's like, it's like, it's not what the vacation town part of it seems. It's just like, so I just love that. It was really, really, really good song. Short, quick, like, never lets go. So it was really, really good to hear. And then Deathcap for Cutie uh, also dropped a, a song today called Roman candles and boy time has not been kind to those guys. Woo! Uh, oh, they've, they've seen better days. They, they all look very old is what I'm trying to tell you, but they still make fantastic, great, lovely, amazing music. I've loved death cab since, I don't know, 2000, I'd say like before transatlanticism, but transatlanticism is still the shit to me. I still love that record. Um, Death Cab is called Asphalt Meadows. It comes out September 16th, which is my five-year wedding anniversary. So that uh, a depressing emo band dropping a new album on the happy day is not a great sign. Um, But I'm looking forward to listening to Asphalt Meadows. Roman Candle is the new single. So if you ever listen to Panic, they're back. If you ever love Death Cab, Roman Candles is like pre-transatlanticism meets uh, post-soul meets body. Like it's like kind of a weird mend of the two genres. It's like slow in the verse, but then the chorus picks up, and then there's some melodic kind of undertones. The video's wild. They just shoot off fireworks in a, in the room, and like I'm like, how do these guys not get hit by a firework? They all got glasses on and a fucking gas mask. It's cool. It's a really cool video, and the song's only like two and a half minutes or so, which is not Death Cabish. Death Cab tends to put out their first single, and it's like. Like three and a half to four and a half minutes. They like they like to take their time, but Roman Candles kicks you in the butt. So panic at the disco, Death Cat for Cutie, a couple new songs by a couple great bands, having a couple new records come out. This year is gonna be wild. When it comes to album of the year discussion, when you have a will away the D- early November dance, Gavin dance, Silverstein mm-hmm. state champs, jukebox, the ghost panic, at the disco death cab, Steve Mochler, and miniature tigers all dropping a record in the same year. And that's not even it. Right. There have been shit that, that hasn't even been brought up yet. So, or announced yet. Like what if Seaway says, yeah, let's do something or bearings or uh, uh, hot mulligans dropping a new single. So like in two weeks, so like who the hell knows, Album's going to be tough this year, but that's my pick of the week, Sam. Let's get into trivia. 10 for you, 11 for me. And I'm going to give you the question first.
1: Give a chance. Tie it up.
0: Uh, you are you can get it right, but I'm telling you now, this is probably the goofiest fucking question and the most random question I have ever asked you in six years.
1: Okay. Bring it.
0: You might know the answer, but it's dumb. Is a dumb question. Okay. Fair, Fair warning. This came about. Three hours ago, I <laughs> thought of this one, so here it is. When filming season one of Stranger Things, Will Byers, I forget Jonathan Shap or something, Noah Shap, I think, mm-hmm. uh, was the shortest cast member amongst the kids. Mm-hmm. While filming season four, he is now the blank tallest. Out of the kids, uh, that includes Max and Erica. I'll say uh, the second. Yes. He's now the second tallest, I believe. Mike is the yeah. I was there's no
1: way he's taller than Mike.
0: Mike sprouted. <laughs> yep. definite Mike definitely.
1: No, but Mike and Will do. They both shot up.
0: Yeah, Will I, is I, is I, a large American now.
1: I, I thought you were going to ask me who is the shortest. Oh, now it's probably Ga- uh, Gat Zara. It's probably Dustin. Yeah, I was, was going to say I would have went with Dustin. Yeah. I still think I mean, he's the if
0: if I was counting Max, it might be Max. If I was counting her, cool. or cool. actually Erica, because she's supposed to be in middle school, so. But again, yeah, of the kids, I mean, really, the choices were first, second, third, and fourth. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, so I had 25% no matter what. I, right, was, so. I was
0: reaching for this question this week, but you got it right without the answer, so you've tied it up. No winner this week. I needed it, week. man. I needed it, so that, that takes off the pressure now. So We're in extra easy. innings. Extra innings. It's 11
1: to 11. But That's fine. I I, I like 11 to 11. What is Tom Cruise's lowest grossing movie?
0: Ooh, I have no clue. I'm going to need those answers. Yeah, and and we'll see if you know any of these movies.
1: A, All the Right Moves. B, Losing It. C, Legend. D, Endless Love. And I'm I'm not going to lie, I didn't know any of them. And I consider myself a Tom Cruise guy.
0: All right, can can you give them to me again, the four choices, but slower? A, All the Right Moves. I know that one. B, Losing It c legend I know that one that's like mid eighties bullshit
1: or d endless love I don't know that
0: one either fuck or do I know endless love um
1: <sighs> got twenty five percent chance my friend
0: I know All the Right Moves. I know Legend.
1: I'm shocked. I don't know
0: any of these, dude. These are all 80s, early
1: 80s, and ones mid-80s.
0: But I don't know the other two. So can you give me the other two again?
1: You knew knew what? All the Right Moves and And Legend? legend? Yeah. Okay, you have B, Losing It, D, Endless Love.
0: I'm going to go with Losing It. I've never heard of that movie.
1: It is correct. It is losing it. It is his weakest. 1983 only made a little over 1 million.
0: Whoa. Hey, now I never even heard of the damn movie. Dude, I didn't hear of any of these. So
1: I, I was like, oh, I don't know any movie. So
0: all the right moves was uh, under consideration for me for a band name in high school. And that's I I've known it because of that I was on Ask Jeeves whatever search engine we used of back course 2004 probably google i'd imagine google is around in 04 but uh yeah but uh, and then legend i know is mid 80s but i've never heard of the other two so what's that 11 5 to 11 now
1: yes sir i'll all take right. that
0: moving on up moving in to at 14 30 moving into nice brisk show 15 minutes in we're just starting uh all right let's talk about it stranger Things four. We it's so hard because we want to do spoilers because we both finished it. I'm sure we both have thoughts and spoiler conversations tend to go longer. So spoiler free, we can only give so much before we give plot away. But fret not, our friends, Um, if you've only seen one, two, three episodes, and you haven't finished all seven. We will not give you any plot detail. We will not spoil anything for you. We will not let you know that Eleven is secretly Vecna. We will not tell you any of it. So, without further ado, part one is done. Part two hits a month from today, July 1st, so just under a month from the time you're here in this, Stranger Things 4, part one, what'd you think?
1: I, I just hate that they make us wait a month for two episodes. Yeah, I know, it's like an hour and a half and an hour and 20, it's like, ah, got two it. Two and a half, two and a half, it's like four hours of television. Oh, oh okay, so it was two and a half, that's right, okay. All right, that, that makes me feel a little bit better, but again, they 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 do it. They this is just such a bingeable show. Y- you know, y- you get done now, again. The first thing I'll say: the first seven episodes, very dense, dense and dark. I w- I would say that the first two words I can say about this season, but I've I've enjoyed it. I'm I can definitely say I enjoyed this first half of the season more than I enjoyed Ozark. Yeah, that's where I can kind of just give someone a where where do I stand compared to show wise? I felt like the last season of Ozark just it didn't it didn't fully stick with me. But so far, their first seven, seven episodes, um, obviously, you see the, the growth on them. There's no denying that these these are adult. You know, these are young adults now. Um, but, you know, and this is supposed to only take pl- Freshman uh, place. Yeah. So it's supposed to take place six months after we last saw them last season.
0: One hundred and eighty five days. Yeah. To yep be exact she says it in the first season so or in the first sentence so that's not a spoiler so i I truly feel like again this
1: is a, a, I don't know what they, they have just had everything the nostalgia just you love these actors you love to see you know a few of them together you just, i don't know it' in me it just you put like a stupid smile on your face like they they just mix so well and its I feel like this show was so well written by the Duffer brothers. I, th- I think they directed every episode except three or four. Cause I think I saw Sean Levy and it was a, uh, was it Nimrod Nimrod Antol directed to him. Hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right, but it is spelled like Nimrod, but I don't know. I, I, I got to give it to him. I'm maybe some episodes might've been a little bit long. Maybe if it was just me being tired, having a long week, you know, maybe, you know, I'm definitely going to probably rewatch all seventy of these before July 1st when this drops just to get, you know, just to make sure I caught everything, but so far I I really like what I saw. Wow.
0: Um I don't better share Ozark. The, I I agree. Hands down. One episode of this was better than the entire two parts of Ozark. Uh maybe outside the last 10 minutes of part 1 ending cuz that was pretty good. But I wish I could share the same enthusiasm. As you, I don't, and I don't hate it at all. I don't dislike it. I don't even, man, it was good. I enjoy it. Um, I think taking three years off got me so ready and so hyped and so looking forward to it that I don't know what it could have done to potentially live up to that. So I, I think I'm judging it a little harshly and a little unfair. Plus, we finished it pretty quick.
1: You guys finished before we did.
0: Yeah, we finished it pretty quick. I mean, I made it a point. We watched three episodes a night for two nights, and then the finale. So, like, I mean, we knocked it out before Memorial Day. So, like, I mean,
1: at least it was good enough that you guys binged it and you didn't stop. So, to me, that that's a good sign.
0: If it was Will Byers and Mike sitting on the screen the whole time monologuing about why Dungeons and Dragons is unsafe in a work environment for eight hours, I would have watched it. So, like, don't get me wrong. I was watching this show, and I was going to binge it regardless. I mean, it is still really good. It's still Stranger Things. It's still the best thing Netflix has ever put out. It's still, you know, really fun. Uh, I felt as though the length of the episodes actually did it. Harm a little bit. I feel like if it was seven episodes, maybe given nine, and you take a lot of that extra and you just kind of calm down a little bit and you put it and you stretch it out a little bit over nine episodes, even if it was the same content, just to give us a break a little bit. It's like you hit the hour mark and you think, oh man, I still got 25 minutes to go. And this show, make no mistake, a couple of episodes did the thing where they don't really do too, 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 too much until the last few minutes, and then they blow your mind, and then you're like, wow, what a great episode. But in totality, it wasn't. It was a great half hour of a 90-minute you know, episode. So like, I feel like in some cases, the length did it harm. I also feel like episode four, called Dear Billy, was billed as the greatest episode of the series history. And I got to go back, and I got to watch it again, because when I was done that episode, I said, I liked episode one better. First and foremost, this season, uh, I liked the the first episode of the season better than episode four. And I liked the finale, episode seven, better than I liked episode four. So, you know, everybody was making a big deal. And maybe it's because I watched a lot of the trailers and maybe it's because I analyzed all the trailers and watched them multiple times. So when something happened from the trailer, it kind of was like, shit, well, now it's not so great because I've seen it already ten times. So there's a little bit of that, too. um, But I really enjoyed the the uh, the the debut the the premiere the season premiere the first episode was great uh, I loved it it picks you right back up you feel like you haven't missed 185 days and I and I totally totally enjoyed it I love the finale like I said and specifically the last pieces of it and and kind of the resolution of or lack thereof here's my biggest gripe and again, Completely spoiler free. And I don't think I'm alone in this. I really don't. But I also feel like I'm still in the minority and that's okay. Um, I, there are three main plots. There's plot a in Hawkins plot B in, in California where the buyers and 11 move to. And then there's plot C in Russia with Hopper. And so I didn't give a shit about the Russia storyline. Not one shit the whole time. Not one didn't give a shit about the Los Angeles or the California storyline, not Los Angeles, the California storyline that turns into a Salt Lake City and and Nevada storyline. Didn't care about those at all. They just did nothing for me. And the Hawkins stuff was actually better than most seasons. So like you take the high of the Hawkins and the low 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 for me of the Russia stuff and then the right there in the I don't care middle tier for the california stuff you balance it out it makes a good season of television but thank god they had the Hawkins stuff because the rest just drug me down part of it was because there's a scene in the trailer that has hopper in it that you don't see until the finale so you know how it's going to end you just know and so i just didn't care uh i also don't like that they brought hopper back in the first place he should have. Yeah,
1: i was gonna say that was your thing it took the fire out of hopper so now you're you're not as maybe invested as him as you were
0: what are they gonna do kill him now like no they're not going to kill him now. They just fucking tried to kill him. And so they like, there's no stakes to the Russia thing. It was just a, there was just a way for people to meet back up. And it was just like, mm-hmm. what'd you think of Murray? He was fine. I love that. You know, he did this thing in episode one where he learns karate and it ends up coming back. So like yeah, that, 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 was, that was, that was funny. That was that funny. was cool. He is funny. Yeah. He's a great character. Yeah. Um, So that's the stuff that didn't really grab me. The stuff in California slash Salt Lake slash Nevada, I literally could not care less about. And there's a big giant monologue that happens at the, at the end of the last episode where you just need it to end. I didn't care because guess what? I figured it out 20 minutes ago before yeah. your monologue. All of it, including the big twist. Like, guys, it's really not that big of a twist if you pay attention. It's really not. So that was a little bit of a downer. But I will tell you what I absolutely loved. Eddie Munson. Eddie Munson has absolutely, absolutely become my favorite non, like, I guess we'll call him ancillary character. Absolute favorite one, hands down. That was Robin. She's still right there. She's still right there because she's really, really good in this season, too. But Eddie Munson is a wonderful addition to a series that I feel is getting a little too big, getting a little too many characters. I'm not loving how many people they just and, keep adding and adding. And this is one, I guess, where we differ. I wasn't a huge
1: fan of Eddie Munson. I, I see a lot of people on Twitter that really liked him. I I think my favorite still character, like, knew that wasn't the original. Was probably still Billy Hargrove. <laughs> I still think Dacry Montgomery was great. I, I loved it. I loved his character. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with Eddie Munson. Joseph Quinn does it. You know, does a good job. But I just didn't gravitate towards how everyone just like, oh, like they just like jumped on him. I was like, I, I'd rather still, um, what's her name? I can't think of her damn name now. Uh, Robin. I'd I, I like her more than Eddie
0: Munson. Yeah. Robin is, is still really, really good. And season three, I, she shined. She was probably my favorite part. Like Steve is my favorite main character.
1: Of course. Steve's the man.
0: Steve is the Perry, man. great. He's great. Steve, Nancy, Dustin. Like, it's it's crazy, though. The show started off with the abduction of Will Myers, and now Will Myers is the least talked about character in the entire show. Like, that's where I feel it's lost its focus, is Will is, like, freaking what's-his-face from Game of Thrones, the young kid, Bran Stark, who just, like, was this had this big, giant plot device in the first season, pushed out of a window. You don't hear from him again until season six.
1: Yeah, and all of a you're, sudden, you're he's right. the fucking he's, king.
0: And Will is, like, gone. Back, right? Yeah. Will is, Will's put been put on the back burner. And now the the biggest thing going on in Will's life right now is him trying to find his identity. Yep. And that's even a subtle thing. They don't even go crazy on it. They literally have a scene of footsie. So it's not even like that's heavy. He barely says anything. So what? Will's being pushed to the back burner is kind of annoying. Elle gets paid. Millie Bobby oh. Brown gets paid a boat ton of money to literally say five words an episode. So, like, there are little things that I just didn't care about the Hawkins lab stuff. I just didn't care. I just didn't care. So, that's where I'm at. I kind of like
1: not having like Will had his moments in the early scenes. Like, I like that. Like, he's taking the step back. They're showing more with a little bit of Lucas. They're giving you more scenes with Max. I kind of like how they they they're going or they they did go with her route. I thought that was good. And, you know, they brought back, you know, some some characters from, you know, where we have known before. I don't even know if they were teased or not. So I don't want to say their names, but I don't know. I thought it was it. I don't think it. I don't think the hype that Stranger Things has, it's it's really tough to deliver everyone's expectations. Like because one I season one, two and three, I, I truly think are, are great seasons of television. I I kind of saw where they were going. I liked, you know, um, what's his name? Um, God damn it, Robert Unglund, England England to have his his character in. like I think that's great.
0: Yeah, Mister Creel. Yeah, so I th- I thought he was good. The younger version played by the guy who's in Ozark who gets baptized. Sam, his name was. Okay. Okay. Um, I I don't know what more. I mean, I only have, so. I, so, I, I hate so can I answer, your, qu- can no, I answer no. your question? Can I answer your question? You said it's tough to live up to the hype. Yeah, I could pretty easily debunk that. And uh, I agree with you. Season one, two and three, particularly one and three are fantastic seasons of television. Where do they take place? All three seasons. They take place in Hawkins outside of one episode where Eleven goes to like Chicago to get a hot dog. Like uh, outside of that one episode, the, the show takes place in Hawkins, Indiana. And the best, not even close the best part of the season was the stuff in Hawkins. Keep the show in Hawkins. Yeah, That's it. You can have. So what happens to L the big thing that happens to L in the season, it did not have to happen to her because she lives in California. It could have happened if she stayed in Hawkins. I understand the reason that they moved to California. I understand at the end of season three and the emotional goodbye to Hopper, but literally in the same fucking like in the first teaser Hopper's back takes away the entire weight of leaving the door open three inches, takes away the entire weight of moving away from Hawkins for me, because we know Hopper's alive as an audience. So like that really bothers me that they had to move. Now, granted, they don't know that Hopper's alive until post they, after they move, but like that really sucks. If they would have just stayed in Hawkins, because the best shit that they're doing is the stuff in Hawkins. Where's Vecna Vecna in California. Vecna is in Hawkins and it's just keep the show in Hawkins. The show wouldn't have had to have been an hour and 15 to an hour and 45 minutes per episode. It could have been tighter. It could have been less, you know, of the B character you could have had without giving away their plots. You could have had Chrissy. You could have had Fred. You could have had the basketball team all still in the show because guess what? All that takes place in Hawkins. You the only character to- we get outside of Hawkins that's new that you care about is the guy who plays the face man. From Game of Thrones and
1: literally what I'm about, I was literally saying the actor is Tom wash Ch- Chalia, Chalia, but he plays Joggin, and he Jack was probably and Hagar,
0: my, Jack and Hagar yeah he was Game
1: probably my favorite part of like Russia it, it's again it's you said we loved everything at Hawkins and then all of a sudden it's like we're all the way at Russia it's like what the hell so to, to find something that I really cared for was that character just because I liked him as Joggin.
0: Yeah, and, right. and then the only part about California, the only new character, was Argyle, and he was kind of pointless so far, so far. So he's more the reason they get places, because he's their driver. Uh, so I just didn't love the stuff that didn't happen in Hawkins. I still didn't hate it. I still watched it i had a smile on my face the whole time i enjoyed the season i just don't have the same optimism where people are going out saying it's the best season ever no to me season three is the ultimate season so far and season one is very very close behind that and i will say though i do like the tone and the more kind of horror aspect of this and they hit it quick and they hit it hard when you see the there's a deformed mom in the first episode oh my god she looks fucked up
1: and literally, what I was about to say, I was like, no matter like what's going on this season, the whole, like, total story-wise, I do like Vecna as the villain. I kind of like this setup. I like that it's not the Mind Flare. Like, okay, let the Mind Flare come back next the, for the final season. He's the big bad. I get it. But for Vecna, even though he looks just like an evil swamp thing, I I do like him. <laughs> Me too.
0: Me too. It it takes a really long time, and they actually, yes. which I appreciate, they don't actually overtly ever really tell you his motivations. Like
1: no, no, you you just got to pick on some some subtle hints and and, and and you have to pay attention. You can't just really watch the show all willy nilly. But if you pay attention, the clues are there.
0: Yeah, and and like you you understand what his you know he's a villain. We know that people get yeah. killed. We understand what the victims' connection are, but they never really like tell you. There's one little scene that they kind of go through a wormhole looking thing, and like you kind of figure it out, and then they do pretty overtly tell you in the finale. But yeah, for for eight ep eight. Hours before that, <clears throat> excuse me, seven eight hours before that, you're left to pick up those pieces on your own, which I really do appreciate. That the show doesn't nail you over the head, you know, like the first hour of a Pokemon game, like press A to throw the Pokeball, like fuck, yeah. get it. So I do appreciate that for sure. um What did you think of? Well, I said my piece, and you just went in on the Russia thing. What about for you, like the? Outside of Hawkins. You can go to California, you continue on with your Russian talk. Like what did you think of that?
1: I mean, I, I, I you're you're basically got the nail in the head as we we care for Hawkins. to move again, she didn't have they didn't have to move, but like you get it with, with everything that happened to them with Hopper, I get that they moved. <clears throat> but it's the, the Russia thing's tough for me because the one person we if he did die at the end, like and and then like we don't know. And maybe if we found out later in the season that he's alive somehow, I think it would have slapped way harder rather than we know he's there. They teased us right away. Like, I, I agree with you saying like they 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 gave him up. Like there was no like you said, there was no stakes there.
0: Two and years think, okay. ago they gave him up. Yeah. It's funny that teaser came out.
1: I, I felt that. Like I would have rather been totally like maybe four or five or like maybe four episodes in or five. And then bam, there's Hopper possibly alive. Then I felt like I, that would have hit me way sooner than knowing, like you said, two years ago and then teased in the first or second episode of this new season. So you're like,
0: nothing's there. I like um, that. That's a good, that's a good call. Right? There's something that happens in episode. I think even one, maybe two where Joyce finds out about Hopper, that same thing could have happened in episode four or five. Like you said, as the ending shot, like there's an, there's a thing that she looks at and, or that she gets in the mail. If that was like the thing that ended episode four and you're like, Oh, and the teasers, by the way, if they never happened, like if we never saw Hopper until this, this thing gets delivered in the mail, you're like, wow, what a great thing. How cool is that? But to give them up like that, it was all pointless. And, God I now I'm going to hold my tongue on that one cuz I don't I don't want no, to No I
1: know I, for... I I I I am trying really hard not to say say things but yeah. to me that was probably my biggest uh I guess my the biggest, biggest gripe. gripe there you know like I, I don't I don't know how, how else to say it like there wasn't like I again I still watched it. we still binged it. we still liked it we enjoyed it but there was like that's something that it's like that could some that could have been like they they left something on the table and they, and I think they slipped up a little bit
0: I will say, though, that do you know what song is currently number one on the iTunes charts? What? If I only could make a deal with God. Oh, gosh. Fucking running up that hill is, first of all, is an an amazing song to begin with. and The O.C. did it a bunch. And, like, I think it might even been in Donnie Darko. I can't remember. But, like an incredible song. And then you bring in this cover, this version of it, and it's a little bit more upbeat. And I'm like of all the songs they could have chosen. That's a perfect song for max to like listen to 75 times. Cause I could yeah. never get enough of it. Um, and I will say that the whole eighties soundtrack to this season was, good. this is 1986 now. So we even have more yeah. of the eighties to pick from, from a catalog. And I will but say four, they, for, they four, for, music. four yeah, for four for music for, four. they are. And they're also four for four and nailing the eighties aesthetic. They just, they just crushed yep. that. Although, Nobody, and I mean nobody, outside of the core group of kids, looks their age. Nobody. Oh, Mike. Well, I mean, we, we, know, we know that there's no way, of course. Come on. You're telling me Jonathan Byers is 17. You're telling me that that basketball team is a high school basketball team. That's like LaSalle's basketball they're, team. They're all in their 20s. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. That they're, like that kid, the, the captain of the high school basketball team, is the smartest, most inquisitive person I've ever met in my life. And also... By saying four sentences rallies an entire and, town.
1: And uh, Charlie Heaton's twenty eight. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ! <laughs> he was in New Mutants. People like this is this is where we're at. I got to see that. By the way, that is definitely a movie. But yeah. again, I don't. I, I don't think we can go much further because yeah, we, I, I we think that give, we took
1: it to the edge, bro.
0: Yeah, we would give. I think twenty minutes is enough because we've, yeah. we. If we say anything else, really, we'd be spoiling it. But both of us agree it is. Worth the watch. Uh, worth the watch, watch So again, there are two more episodes, July 1st part, part two, it's episodes eight and nine. If that didn't happen. And like, if this was just the season and it ended the way it did, which technically could have, if we knew there were a couple more seasons left, the way that that last episode ended could have been a season ender. And we'd wait a year to get more. I have it ranked right now as my number four favorite <laughs> show that I've watched this year. So yeah. I don't I, really I think say
1: it's, it's no. not a three yet. It Depending on these two episodes, it could sway it, but it's not there yet. It,
0: it, right, exactly. I don't really see much downturn on it. Like, I don't think these last two episodes are going to do too much poorly that I'm going to be like, whoa, it dropped down to number seven, eight, or nine. It has potential to land in the top three at the end, but like, this is just such a heavy hitter year of TV that it's it's going to take a lot. Like, I have winning time above it. I have Better Call Saul above it, and I have another show I've never talked about that I'm saving. Um, actually it might've been my pick of the week when I watched it, but that right now I have above it. So the, uh, you know, we got the boys this week. We got, uh, for all mankind next week, we got a ton of stuff coming up. Better call Saul comes back July 11th. This comes back July 1st. Um, house of the dragon is in August. So there's just a ton, ton, ton of stuff to watch. Halo's done. Thank God. Uh, moon night is around. So just a ton of TV. We recommend it, but we have other things we want to talk about, and that is Obi Wan Kenobi. We are three episodes into that series. Again, this will be spoiler free. What'd you think?
1: And this is and again, this takes place ten years after the Order sixty six. And I just wanted to, s- to state that out just in case we, we said anything more about it. But for three episodes and all all six episodes are directed by Deborah Cho. Usually shows like this, they split it up. So It had to be pretty tough to direct, you know, this entire thing here. So usually, you you always see like three or four different directors. So good to see they stayed at least with one person. But the first three, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think this is now what they're able to do with special effects. Like this is you're actually going to see with certain characters like their powers how they should have been. Um, I, I definitely have my nitpicks, especially on episodes one and two uh three three not so much i thought three was probably their best start to finish episode besides because my 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 nitpicks i think you we talked i believe about both of them greg but one and two there's i think a nitpick in one um but besides that i liked it i like Hugh McGregor in the role it's who who does it we've been waiting for it for years and kind of the way that they build kind of the way you see kind of obi-wan of not this like he's this broken guy and you don't just you know he's He's got to basically find himself again. So, so far, so good. I are off to a good start, in my opinion. <laughs> we we, hey, we know where you stand in Star Wars. Yeah. Everyone knows where you stand. We're, me and you are both not huge Star Wars fans. I did not like Star Wars growing up. I still think Mandalorian and the last 10 minutes of Rogue One is the best in, in Star Wars we've ever gotten. Um, And we'll see if the show can continue.
0: I... Uh... It's funny. No, I'm I'm going back through our DMs, and uh, earlier today, a DM conversation with the corner view, a, one of our best listeners and good friend, and so he said, "I forgot you quit Boba Fett." Blah 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 blah. We're talking. We're talking. We're talking. I said, "Bro, I can't even finish Obi Wan. I gave up halfway through episode three. I'm just not oh. a Star Wars guy." Yeah. And he said, "What? Uh, um, uh, if you were, oh my God, you'd be marking out for every single Obi Wan scene." Um, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. I said I'll get around to it. I really like the first episode. It's one of those shows where I'll catch up in time for the finale, which I think is only two or three weeks from now. Anyway, I think it's only six episodes. Um, but it'll never really be a thing that truly captivates me. He said, "Star Wars ain't for everyone." I guess. I said, "Go back through my favorite shows every year on the pod. None of them are sci-fi. None of them are superhero. It's just you know never going to be my favorite thing." Ted Lasso, Queens Gambit, <clears> Yellow Jackets, blah blah blah. Said, "Uh, it's it, I'm just so sad." It breaks my heart, but at least you don't try to fake it for the podcast just to get popular content, which I actually really appreciate that compliment because I do. Means I, do, a not lot. do that. I do not do that. I do not fake it just to make it. And so like, that's where I feel. I feel like the first episode was pretty damn good. I really did enjoy it. I watched it at like four in the morning. I, I pretty much. Yeah, woke you watched it before it. I did. Yeah, I woke up from a, a bad dream or I was uncomfortable or something. I can't remember why I said, you know what? I could go back to sleep right now, or I could watch the first two episodes of Obi-Wan. What do you think I chose? So I stayed up and I watched it and I thought the first episode was re- pretty damn good. And when Obi-Wan is on the screen, when you and McGregor's on the screen, he captivates you and you don't want to look away. And I really, truly feel like he is just fantastic. I cannot remember if it was an episode one or two, but there is a chase scene involving a young girl again no spoilers we can't even tell you who the girl is. there's a chase scene involving a young girl through the woods and it is just the dumbest fucking thing i've ever fucking seen in my whole fucking life it is so bad there is a tree branch and they run at it and they're like where do i go what do i do it's a tree branch i guess i gotta give up i can't run anymore after this girl because there's a tree branch in my way just watch the chase scene and think how fucking dumb the perils that get in their way are literal branches and it's like
1: when that that, that was my major nitpick in episode one. I would have cut that was entire it one? scene. Okay, yeah, it, was, it, was it was episode one because my nitpick in two is something else. So that was that was literally hard to watch when you can't two grown men. All they need to do is take two and an alien
0: hides <laughs> and an alien
1: and an alien two strides. You're able to catch any little girl boy whoever's running. They're they are not that fast. They are not that agile. I understand what they're trying to do. That this person is is quick. Special. That they're. You know that there's yeah, you know, they can be, you know, quick on their feet, but no. Cut that whole scene. (laughs) You don't you don't you don't need you do not need to seriously, you do not need like the episode could have been a ten out of ten. With that chase scene, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. You lose two points automatically off that off that chase scene. It was horrible. So bad. Cut everything. I I don't know how they they kept it. I I don't know, because it hurt me to watch it.
0: It was so bad. I'm so glad I'm not alone. And I'm so glad my biggest gripe was the thing you were thinking as well. Usually yep. that's not the case. So like for well, us. To, to so insane, and my
1: but... all say for Mike, again, <clears throat> we know there's a lot of drama for the one actress that's playing um, Reva, which we obviously we obviously don't, don't support If you that don't like pieces of shit.
0: Exactly. And if you don't like her character, why the fuck are you blaming her? She didn't yeah. write it. She didn't yeah, write so, it. Blame the fucking writer if you don't like the writing. Don't blame the actress. You racist pieces of shit.
1: God yeah, it, it bothers you, me you, so much. You, you read some of that and you know, like uh it breaks my literally fucking had a, heart, dude. He literally had to make a video to like you know, just like the like people like, wake up, man. Like again, like I, I thought her character it, it's 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 new to me. I'm not was it the third sister? So I mean I, I thought she was good. She had one scene like a like the Woods Chase scene where it was like parkour. And I, we didn't need to see parkour in that particular Star Wars scene. That like I feel like you have this little girl's woods chasing, then you have this rooftop parkour scene. Same thing, cut the whole thing. It did not need to be there. It took me out of it. An episode that was probably a 9.5, I got to give it a 7.5 off the parkour scenes. That just, it, it literally just felt like it didn't fit there and it just felt forced and I, I didn't like it. But besides that, First two episodes were great. <laughs> episode three was
0: was my favorite so far. Episode three was your favorite so far, or your yeah. least favorite? My my was... favorite. Oh, I thought you said episode three was your least favorite.
1: No, 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 no. no. Ep- episode three was great. Again,
0: you <laughs> you get to see. I thought you would like it, given what happens. Yeah, I had, I gave did. up halfway through. I'll get back to it eventually. But...
1: Yeah, you you'll, you'll get there. You just it's I don't know. Again, growing up, I, we weren't. I wasn't born in the seventies. I you know we were spoiled. Now the special effects we get. You get to see what certain char- characters can actually do now, so it's like it just—I don't know—and then to have you know certain people back and characters attached with it that it just—it makes it just fucking feel all the better,
0: don't you? Don't, doesn't it small small side convo sidebar sidebar? Doesn't it kind of blow your mind what people are willing to put on social media with their name and picture attached to it? Like, doesn't uh, it blow your mind how dumb yeah. people could be? specifically in direct messages where people could literally just screenshot it and get you fired. Like, I, I don't know. I, maybe I just, I don't know. W- what do you care about? Anybody else? Like creed, color, sexuality, P- people cares? just like to start
1: drama and talk shit and be that, you there's know, so that much word
0: warrior. Dude, there's so much hate in people's hearts, man. If you hate something, make it a TV show or a video game or maybe some piece of fiction, not the people in it. Guys, what are you doing? It's a real person there but anyway i i will agree with you on the parkour scene episode two started to feel where i was fading a little bit episode three i gave up for again one particular reason and i was like all right i've kind of had my fill i'll go back to it in a week or two i will catch up before the finale and when it's over you and i will talk about it and when it's done we'll give our spoiler review of the whole series and we'll have fun doing it i'm happy to do it it is i will say better than something like boba fett it is better than um probably the entire prequel trilogy uh sequel trilogy it's better than the prequels it's better than episode no i'll leave it at that that's kind of where i'm it's better than rogue one it's better than solo it's better than uh what's the one i'm missing i feel like i'm missing a big piece of star wars content delorean nah no because it's not better than that
1: so and the and the last thing I'll say before you oh, talk about the, the to like
0: on. the Bad Batch Clone Wars stuff, okay? And the animated stuff.
1: So like again, so th- this show like you you definitely have some awesome cameos. So just make sure you pay attention; you may miss a, a few good ones. Especially, there was a great one in the in the first one. Uh, I think it was the very first episode.
0: Bryce Harper some... makes a cameo. He's eh. great in it.
1: You get a nice OG character for a quick little cameo. That was great to see him. And the rest, I will just leave it at that. Rest you have to see for yourself on Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, it's it's a show that again I recommend, and and you and McGregor is great. So there is a weird thing going around the internet saying that uh, it takes place ten years after what Rogue One or something, right? Is that what? it well, is? This, it well,
1: this is after Order sixty six. So after
0: Order sixty six. So there's like a weird thing going around that like the uh, that that he ages like super rapidly between this series and episode four, because in episode four, he's clearly like the very old Ben Kenobi who dies in that, in that movie. And it's like, how poorly did this man age? And I I don't, I don't know enough to comment on that, but if anybody has anything they want to say, shoot us a DM, let us know your feelings, stranger things. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, just let us know what you're thinking. You can DM us on Instagram. You can write on our Facebook wall, PM us there, you know, hit us up on Twitter, at Samuel Matoro, at Greg Talks A Lot. Feel free. We love the conversation. We love the discourse. And quite frankly, when somebody does DM us or text us or whatever, it, it's cool to know you're listening. It's cool to know you care enough to voice an opinion. Up, down, negative, positive, who cares? I, just, I love the engagement. So thanks to everybody who does that on a weekly basis. But let's continue on with the podcast unless you have anything else you want to say about Obi-Wan.
1: Yeah,
0: let's move on. All right. Will Arnett. <laughs> Will Arnett is going to voice a character in a TV show. And I don't know how you're feeling about this. Uh, I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on Will Arnett being cast as the voice of Sweet Tooth, the crazy killer clown in Twisted Metal.
1: I, I, Great. Honestly, I still don't know how I feel. I don't know how to feel about Lego Batman being the voice of Sweet Tooth. I, I don't know. I, I, I had a, a day to sit on it, and I'm still in the same boat. Like, I love Will Arnett. I loved him as Lego Batman, but as Sweet Tooth, is he just going to be his his goofy self? Is he going to be a little bit different? I don't know how they're going to play
0: this character. See, I think of Will Arnett. I'm like, Vern Fenwick is going to be Sweet Tooth? No, nobody that didn't land for anybody. Vern Fenwick, ladies and gentlemen, that was his character in the the Ninja Turtles movies. Uh, I was like, Bojack Horseman? (laughs) (laughs) The, The Michael Bay michael bay i forgot forgot his character's name which i really like those movies both of them and i shouldn't but i do uh yeah he's got that voice like that deep kind of gritty i get i get why they're doing it but the problem is will arnett his voice is his voice it's very it's like it's very will arnett (laughs) it's very Will Arnett. it's a very one trick pony voice so it's like when i hear that it's I don't know if there's, it sounds like there's not gonna be a change to it. And if like Will Arnett is just Sweet Tooth, that would be a pretty tough to like disassociate in my mind. But if he does something to it and changes it, even in the slightest, I think I'll be fine with it. At the same time, this series is going to be on Peacock, so I like know. me, you, and four other people are going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I know. So like, I'm, does I'm, it I'm really saying, even matter? Like, that's where uh, I'm at.
1: Dude, like, my brain can't even like comprehend. Like, I think of him like Arrested Development, like as as Sweet Tooth. Like, I my brain can't even like I, I can't. So I, he I was guess even in that
0: Murderville show earlier this year on Netflix. Oh, okay, yeah, so, like, that's, right, that's right. You know, he's in a bunch. It's just like he's always got the same voice, even Lego Batman, same voice. I, I Dude, I guess I'm just going to have to wait and see, man, because
1: I, I literally, I just don't know how to feel.
0: Do you know where I think we're going to be able to make up our minds? And yes, the answer is the trailer, but no, the answer is not because he'll be speaking. Uh, I think we'll be able to make up our minds definitively on, definitively on this when we see what Sweet Tooth looks like. If they treat it with care and they make the CG right, and his flames on his head are actually going, it's not just one of those plastic what flames you flick what on. What if it's
1: practical? It's real.
0: <laughs> then I have all the respect in the world for whoever <laughs> is in that suit. But uh, I, I just, I just want to know if Sweet Tooth looks okay. Because at the same time, there's a scene in Stranger Things where Millie Bobby Brown is de-aged. And is looking up at this guy who's looking down at her, and the camera is from his perspective looking down on her. And they put the de aging CG over her face, and it looks like her head is floating, and it's just the worst CG. And I'm like, how does that pass any QA test? And if you like, that's because it's, you know, even $30 million budget. Now you think about what Peacock's put a, gonna put into this show, they're not gonna have the greatest CG budget. So if you can go 99% practical on the effect, uh and then the hair is cg the problem is will arnett's not playing sweet tooth he's voicing sweet tooth there will be somebody yeah. else so how are you going to pull that off you know because i think it, does sweet tooth wear a full face mask where his lips won't move or is it a half mask where it stops at the lips and you see the move i think it's a full face where you yeah, don't see i, th- I think it
1: was a full. Was so
0: say. they should be able to do that just fine if sweet tooth looks okay I think I'll be okay with the way he sounds, but if he looks bad and then sounds like Will Arnett, it's like all right, this is just one bad
1: joke. This show will be trashed, then we're screwed.
0: Yeah, my God, can we just do one thing right? I also uh, don't think we ever we might have said this on the pod before as a piece of news, but if we didn't, just a reminder that Nev Campbell is also cast in this show with Anthony Mackie. So Anthony Mackie, Nev Campbell, Will Arnett. The, I will. The cast she could play Hopper.
1: She could play Hopper. Ain't Hopper a female or grasshopper?
0: Uh, I I don't remember who they said she's playing, but I'll tell you, though, it's a good cast so far. So that's that's where I'm at. Like, let me see the visuals so I can put the face to the voice. It's kind of like the Mario movie with Chris Pratt. I'm kind of pessimistic. I'm kind of like, oh, like, okay, is he going to do an Italian guy or is he just going to do Chris Pratt? And I have no idea what the movie looks like yet. So I'm waiting for the trailer to see what Mario looks like before I make the judgment on Pratt. So Uh same exact concept. Uh, All right so let's move into gaming sam will take it over in a second here but i'm i want to do a thing and we're going to fast forward kind of right now to the state of play it's happening thursday night that's the reason we're recording on wednesday and releasing friday and not wednesday night is we wanted to do the state of play and not sit on it for a week sam will give his impressions of the state of play in next week's episode of course we're not going to forget about that um it's it's a playstation event we got to hear sam's thoughts so Don't fret, you'll hear that. But we're going to fast forward now to the future where I am going to give my solo thoughts on the state of place because it's happening the day we would normally record, but neither Sam nor I um, can record that night together. So uh, before we get there, I just have like a couple impressions uh, or I'm sorry, predictions for it. So in like a few seconds, you're going to know if I was right or not. I think Sam is absolutely right. He said it to me in a text message that God of War Ragnarok will not be here. It'll get its own state of play in July or will be the focus of the July, August, September showcase. I think that PS5 showcase will also focus on the Last of Us remake factions and other big first party games. So for this state of play, don't expect much from a way of first party. They even said third party in VR. So I think Street Fighter six will be here. I think Final Fantasy 16 will be the big final thing. I think we're going to finally get a release date. And a beautiful you don't think it's part it. two. No, I, if they do a part two, I feel like that might be a summer game fest, but I truly, when I made the joke of what if it's just the Xbox version, I'm starting to think that's what it is. I don't, I don't know yet. We'll find that out, but I think FF 16 will be the news that we get in the state of play. I think FF seven remake part two will get its own dedicated event later on this month. That's what I think. And I think we'll find out about it in June. Um, I actually had Horizon Call of the Mountain gets a vertical slice, and then PlayStation tweeted out three hours ago that that will be at the state of play. So pissed because my prediction would have been right if they just shut the fuck up on their Twitter. (laughs) Um, I also feel like we're getting a new Astro game, but in VR. And I also feel like Killzone is coming back in VR. I haven't played that in a while. In VR. I think PSVR (laughs) 2 is getting Astro, Killzone, and Horizon all really close to launch. So those are my just... High-level predictions, Street Fighter FF 6, FF16. Uh, we already know Horizon's going to be there. New Astro VR and a new kill zone, but in VR. Let's fast forward to tomorrow. I'm going to cut right here, and we'll be back with our recap of the state of play, and Sam will then take over in gaming. Well, thank you so much, Past Greg and Sam. Uh, Yeah, so this is Greg. Sam is not here today to give his impressions of the state of play. He'll be back next week to give them uh, when we do Summer Game Fest recap and the boys' impressions and Miss Marvel, tons of stuff next week. But this was probably, if not definitively, the best state of play of all time. And I believe I just gave my impressions on the show. I forget the run of the show. I think I gave state of play first, and then in a minute you're going to hear... Uh, my impressions about some, or my predictions about Summer Game Fest and Xbox and the Nintendo Direct and stuff like that. I nailed a couple of my predictions. I nailed multiple, I think three or four. Um, didn't get Kill Zone. Actually, predicted something you'll hear in a minute for Summer Games Fest that actually showed up here. And led the show off, which is, in my opinion, why this was the best state of play of all time. They could have shown that one thing and nothing else, and I would have been happy. But we got announcement after announcement after announcement, quality title after quality title. So I am extremely, extremely excited to bring this to you. And let's just kick it off. I want to get into it because there was a ton here in a 30-minute state of play. And that's how you kind of knew it was going to be a good show. Maybe not great, maybe not as good as it even was. But you knew it was going to be better. Most state of plays, 18, 20 minutes, maybe 22. This one just clocked in right under 30. And so they gave you that extra sweet treat. And they kicked it off with a game that has been rumored for years. Something I've wanted. I actually tweeted out, at Greg Talks a lot. My most hyped games over the next year, or two really, seven of them. And three of them were not announced officially yet until today, where one of them was. And now I can just turn my hype levels up to 11 for Resident Evil 4. Ladies and gentlemen, the Resident Evil 4 remake is real. It's coming March 24th, 2023. So, nine or 10 months from now, I'm going to be able to sit back and play the remake of what I consider to be a top 10 video game of all time in Resident Evil 4. I own it on GameCube, PS2, Wii, eShop download. Uh, PlayStation 4, so like everywhere I could possibly own it, Resident Evil 4, I have it. And now to be able to get that remake, and it looks so good. That modern look that they gave to RE2 Remake and RE3, they have brought it here for RE4, which is a huge game in comparison to 2 and 3. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see the breadth and the scope that they bring this title. And they tease you with Ashley and they teased you with the town in the beginning of the game, that mission for to survive for five minutes. And so, like to be able to play that in this modern setting, I'm just so stinking excited. Ashley looks great, Leon looks great, Sadler looks great, it all looks phenomenal. And on top of that, we're getting PSVR2 support for it as well. They didn't say the whole game in PSVR2. Matter of fact, P uh think it was oculus just got resident evil 4 original on vr and it was the best vr game of 2021 so um this will be content in development so it could be maybe the ada missions maybe um, ch- a chapter or two maybe the village survival mode in vr who knows but there will be PS vr 2 support for the resident evil 4 remake again coming march 24th 2023 if they just would have ended there I would have been happy. I'm going to go over the big stuff at, at, at uh, now, and then I'll hit the smaller stuff at the end, um, because there were some things that you know weren't for me or really that I feel should bring to the forefront, but it, this play, state of play had a little bit of everything for everyone. If you like big AAA, it was there. If you like spiritual successors, you had something there. If you liked indie titles, you have something there. If you like big, giant, massive worlds, there was something there for you. If you like fighters, there was something there for you. So... Uh, A lot of stuff in this state of play. Uh, We also got Resident Evil Village. I predicted we'd get DLC. We kind of did because we're getting Village in VR for PSVR 2. Another reason that's making me think, shit, I should probably invest in PSVR 2 because it's looking to have a great lineup of titles headlined by Village in uh, VR with the RE4 remake content with Horizon Call of the Mountain as we got a gameplay showcase of that title. And it just looks breathtaking. It shows you how good a PSVR game could really look. Yes, you're not a You're not doing the normal things in Forbidden West or Zero Dawn, but this new smaller uh, uh, spinoff created by Fire Sprite which, by the way, was uh, acquired by Sony last year, so they've been in-house now, um, you could platform and jump to cliffs and, cliffs and climb and shoot your bow. It's just It looked great. And uh, Forbidden West also got a um, major update as well. It added New Game Plus. It added... Uh, Ultra Hard Difficulty, Resetting Your Skills, Graphical Improvements, and I'm sure Bug Fixes as well. So that major content is available right now for free. So go ahead if you have uh, Forbidden West, download the major update and continue to enjoy that game. Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered is coming to PC August 12th, 2022 back in 2017 Insomniac tweeted out this game will never come to Xbox or PC five years later, bam, here we are. A lot of things that I said five years ago, don't hold up. I understand why they're doing it. Um, Sony's just going to make money hand over fist with this announcement. And with Spider-Man being open to an entire new player base, it's going to sell millions of copies uh, in PC. And it's making me want to go back and platinum Spider-Man, 2018. I never platinumed it. I actually didn't even beat all three DLC packs. I have them all. So I'm getting that itch again to go back and play Spider-Man. So I think, uh, God of war and Spider-Man are going to get replays for me this year as I wait for Ragnarok and Spider-Man two, which will most likely be next year. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, miles Morales will also be coming to PC. That will be in the fall. Excuse me. So look forward to Miles Morales as well. I didn't think Miles Morales was as good as Spider-Man, but it had its high moments, so I'm definitely there. Uh, Stray, the long-announced, long-delayed game, is finally, finally, finally getting a release date. July 19th. You play as a cat in a futuristic city, and you basically have to stealth your way around and do different things. It looks fantastic. I am... On the fence in terms of price point. I'm going to wait for price point. But if you do upgrade your PlayStation Plus subscription to the extra, the premium or the deluxe, you will get this game day one um, free with your membership or included with your membership. So if you wanted to try it out and you also had ideas to upgrade to the new PS Plus tiers, you can play Stray at no additional cost. Then the big stuff, the final two. So we had RE4 Remake. We had... Street Fighter 6, I predicted this one, we would get Street Fighter 6, but I did not predict how much of a look at it we would actually get. We got our first major look at the story, the gameplay, um, exploration, it it, it did a lot of crazy things. And you're running around the city looking like Little Mac, uh, shuriken, trash cans, climbing up ladders, so it looks like there's going to be an overworld That you can either do a mini story in and maybe you are a fighter and you're coming up through the ranks through this kind of story mode. And instead of like the heavy cinematic stuff that Mortal Kombat brings with cinematic trailer, fight. Cinematic trailer, fight. This looks to be a little bit more interactive where you run around the city to engage in fights and progress the story. So definitely love that new element. It looked a little wonky. Your character looks very Wonky, But I appreciate the step. I appreciate the the aggressiveness and I appreciate the, quite frankly, risk of bringing that type of story content to a fighting game. This is going to be a service game. They're going to live with this game for a very long time. It is not just coming to uh, PS4 and 5. It is coming to Xbox Series S and X and PC in 2023. So it got a year, a window, did not get the either month, season or day just yet. The show ended on a big high, Final Fantasy 16. Yes, I predicted it, but everybody was predicting it. It was pretty much a lock. You could have bet your house on it. And boy, did we get quite the trailer. Um, it gave... I, I love the UI. I love the combat system. You can tell that the Devil May Cry team, or at least the team who worked on Devil May Cry's combat, came over here to Square and worked on this game. And it shows because that combat is very heavily inspired by Devil May Cry. I love that as well. Got the fun RPG elements in it. A big giant narrative, set pieces, magic casting, summons, all of it. A huge trailer. A lot of the stuff will be on our Facebook or is, I should say by now, on our Facebook. So go ahead and check that out if you're looking for any of the trailers from today's state of play. That got a window for summer 2023. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh other things. The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners Retribution Chapter 2 is coming to PSVR2. No Man's Sky is getting a PSVR2 version, uh, or at least some sort of content, which is neat. Uh No Man's Sky continues to live on for years and years and years. Um the Callisto Project, which is the Dead Space Spiritual Successor. Got a big gameplay trailer. Looks creepy. The monsters look great, particularly this one as you're walking past it. He looks like he's crystallized, but his eye opens and he peels himself off the wall. It looked really, really cool. That got a December 2nd, 2022 release date. So this year, which is just about a month and a half before the Dead Space remake launches. So an interesting kind of parallel there. We're getting Callisto Protocol before we're getting the Dead Space remake. And they're very, very similar. Like I said, spiritual successors. So that's a lot of Dead spaciness in a span of a month and a half. And I feel like it was intentional that they wanted to release this game before the Dead Space remake came out. Because if they released it afterwards, everybody would be focused on Dead Space. But now you get everybody hyped up on this lore, this world, this... You know this gameplay style because obviously it is a spiritual successor, it is not actually a dead space game. But you get everybody psyched up on that that survival horror, tight corridors, space monster bullshit. Love it, can't wait. And then a month and a half later, they're playing dead space, so think that's going to be great as well. The Ali Ali World Team Roll Seven. I only thought they did Ali, Ali games, but they actually announced a new game, Rollerblading Combat, called Rollerdrome. Is it Roller Dome or Roller Drome? It says Roller Drome here. I wonder if that is a typo. That comes out August 16th. I like the Ali Ali games. This game didn't do it for me. Uh, The cell shaded kind of almost colored pencil drawn look to it. Not for me. An anime inspired action game, Eternites, which I think is one of the worst titles. E-T-E-R-N-I-G-H-T-S is one of the worst titles for a video game. But it actually kind of looked... Pretty cool. If you like the anime style, he's missing his right arm. It comes to life with like a spirit kind of thing. I liked it a lot. It looked neat. Early 2023 launch there. Tunic is not an Xbox exclusive anymore. That is coming to PlayStation on September 22nd. I would bet that it's coming to Switch that day too. Be on the lookout for that in the Nintendo Direct. Just a little little birdie probably would tell me that that's an educated guess. And then a game called Seasons didn't do it for me either. Got a new trailer fall 2022. But again, a nice crisp under 30 minute state of play. It had a little bit of everything for everybody. But this RE4 remake and Street Fighter 6 absolutely stole the show for me. While Street Fighter 6 and FF16 have been previously announced, so they weren't that big surprise. That's where RE4 remake came in. I really truly thought that was a Summer Game Fest game, but for them to lead off and give it a date, that scares me a little bit. We've seen a lot of games get delayed recently after giving specific dates. Starfield comes to mind. So whenever you give me a date, um, that still scares me a bit, but nine months isn't that long. Like Starfield in June of 2021 gave a November, 2022 date. So like there's a long 18 months for something bad to happen. And it did this half that time, nine months. Okay. They can still make that date. They've been working on this for years. Capcom. Um, has a lot of irons in the fire between Exo Primal and Street Fighter and Resident Evil Village DLC and Resident Evil Village VR and PSVR 2 for uh, RE4 Remake and RE4 Remake itself and Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, a ton of games in development for Capcom. And I'm very glad to see that they're just continuing to pump out quality. Now, give me a new Mega Man game and we'll be all set. But that was a state of play. It was the best state of play ever. Um I'm pretty confident in saying that. That does not include the PlayStation showcases. They are not considered state of plays. So, you know, from an event standpoint, this was just chef's kiss. I'm really pumped on it. I'm looking forward to seeing the Ragnarok dedicated state of play in the next month or so, maybe month and a half, and then the showcase in August or September where we see a lot of the first party stuff like Last of Us remake, potentially what else Naughty Dogs working on. Uh, with Factions or um, Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, which I think is probably still two, three years out. But anyway, that'll do it. Let's kick it back over to the show for our predictions and for a little bit of PS Plus June game lineup. Um, Predictions for Summer Game Fest, Xbox Show, Nintendo Direct, all that and more coming your way right now. Take it away, Greg and Sam.
1: Hopefully the state of play didn't suck. Next story we got PlayStation (laughs) Plus games for June are insane.
0: Yeah, hopefully insane is the word we've used in the past slash the future that you just heard for the state of play. <laughs> Sam, I'm so excited for you to hear whatever happened. That one big thing uh, that happened. I just
1: need one thing. I just need one thing. That's all I need. Then I'm happy.
0: Well, I hope that you just all heard it. So, yeah, the PlayStation Plus games for June are insane. And we do not normally um, uh, uh, like report on this. But when it's something this big, you kind of just got to. So... Um, the first game that they're giving you for free this year if for some reason you have not played it yet god of war 2018
1: you can't beat that come on so
0: yeah if you have a ps4 uh you can download it for free for the entire month of june starting on june 6th to july 4th to independence day so for some and by the way this just yet again confirms ragnarok's coming this year they want you to play the first one So you can go enjoy the second. God of War 2018 is already available if you have a PlayStation 5 and PlayStation Plus because it's a part of that PS Plus collection. So PS5 users have already had access to this for free for almost two years. Uh, God of War 2018 for PS4. So that's a huge, huge game for that. And then they have Naruto to Baruto Shinobi Striker, a four on four fighting game available for free. And then to me, the big one, because I've never played it. I've always wanted to. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download the shit out of it. The PS4 and PS5 version of Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl.
1: Oh, dude, that's solid three games right there.
0: I get to finally play the Nickelodeon Smash Bros with Rocco's coming in the fall. Like, this is just great. I'm so excited that I can finally play it. Uh, Danny Phantom, SpongeBob, Powder Toastman, Reptar, the Umbrella Monster, Patrick's like this is just it's great. I'm so excited. Um, so it's a that's a stacked June. Meanwhile, Xbox continues to give you nothing with games for gold because they want to put all their good stuff in Game Pass. I get it. but Boy, if you don't have Game Pass, you got dick to play on Xbox this
1: year.
0: <laughs> we had the trailer. Let's break it down. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Man, I just realized time codes are going to be a bitch for me starting now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm putting in the future stuff. I have no idea how long I'm going to ramble about that. So, time codes, I'll stay awake tomorrow so everybody still gets them for Friday. I've been waiting for this one. What a guy. As of now, we've been recording just about an hour. So, um, I have been waiting quite a while. It's 9 a.m. It's actually just about 12 hours ago that this trailer debuted. I've watched it, I think. 14 or 15 times.
1: So Jesus. I I'll watched it twice. That. I thought that was good.
0: I watched it twice on my own. And then I wanted to watch all my favorite, like YouTuber guys kind of gotcha, gotcha. react to it, slash give their analysis. So yeah, I've watched it close to 15 times, if not 15 times. And so it was a three minute trailer. We now know the release date, November 18th. Before I go into it, cause Sam, I've got notes. I've got the receipts uh what did you think
1: well i'll tell you right off the bat i know before we said that we were violet that quick in that three minute trailer if and when i get a nintendo switch i will be team scarlet
0: wow i am still team violet as of this moment
1: i just wasn't a huge fan of the the violet legendary wow yeah I, I, i was i was i was the other guy Wow. The violet uh it, it 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 just didn't do it for me. I ha- I hate to say it. I hate to say it.
0: That's cool. I thought they were both 10 out of 10 legendaries, but I can completely understand why you didn't. Uh Coridon and Mirrodon are the two legendaries. Miradon is violet. Um he's more of the future versus Coridon which is more of the past. And so that's totally cool. I uh actually in my notes have something about this is um I don't understand why people actually i'll just read the note right now i'm team violet but as always i will wait to see the version exclusive pokemon i never understood why people pick a version based on the legendary because we don't play with the legendary until after the main story is basically over i so i that's what my feeling is i played P- pokemon shield over sword because of the exclusives short sure, sword has the by far the better legendary but because i never play with the legendary and I don't put it on my team. Once I can, I, I don't care that much about the box legendary, but I understand that most people do. And most people pick their game based their off of that. Right so I, I have no gripe about it. I mean, hell, Lugia is my favorite. One of my favorite legendaries. Rayquaza is one of my favorites. Groudon's one of my favorites. Although I have Sapphire, I don't have Ruby. So like, I I, I understand why uh, all that or I don't have Ruby. I have Sapphire as much meant to say. Um, so i will waiting for the version exclusives before I make my final choice. But as it stands, I'm Team Violet. I'm shocked. I thought you'd have been all about Team Violet.
1: I I was prior. I get I it, I always picked my guys on Ledger unless the you know they didn't have Lavatar or Trantor or something like that. That's where I, I would go. Well, like that
0: just- Lavitar, Lavitar is a version exclusive. You saw him get traded in the trailer for Bagon, so you know that they're going to be version exclusive pseudos so would that sway you at all if maybe larvitar slash tyranitar ends up being violet exclusive Th-
1: that would probably be like the only way for me to go back but if i'm just going wow. off legendaries it's scarlet 10 out of 10
0: wow i love it this is cool because then if sam does get it we'll play different games which is neat he can give his experience on the one yeah i can give mine mean, i'm sure on you're the other. gonna
1: get the dual pack because i i got oh, it yeah. I, I do like both art boxes i think they both look great that's what i could say
0: i'm getting the double pack yeah for sure the double pack box art looks cool too and then both of the cool box arts i actually have in my notes that i love the box art finally looks great as as you may recall if you're a long time listener one of my biggest gripes of sword and shield was the box art is some of the worst shit i've ever seen from a pokemon game it's so bad and then they followed up with bdsp which also is terrible box art thank god legends arceus and pokemon let's go eevee and pikachu have great box art um but this has really good box art some really good they ne- there. they needed it they really did cuz this Sword and Shield's box art is dog shit dog shit a white background a boring plain ass looks like a fucking jpeg slapped onto a it's just it's terrible uh so with that Lots to break down in this trailer. I'm going to go through my notes and I'm sure that as I go through it, you'll have some thoughts on some things. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on there. So I'll kind of give you a mini pause um, okay. when I'm done my point, And then you can just go from there. So we got the trailer three minutes long, November 18th release date. It is so annoying. I'm going mix of what I didn't like and what I liked. I'm not doing all and then the other. I'm just going to throw my thoughts. It is so annoying that we still do not know the region name can we please learn the region name like the game releases in six months and we we'll less probably, than
1: we'll, we'll get that in a month that that didn't
0: bother me too much uh, it's june we found out about the game in february i would have liked to know the region we've never not known the region they've always gave us the region name. i now just call it scarlet and violet i want to know are we playing in the gala region the kanto region the johto region what well, is this region like, called that's a july oh, release no. They, You know, I wouldn't be shocked if they throw it in the Nintendo Direct. I wouldn't be shocked if they give it a minute or two. I hope not because Pokemon's big enough to do its own thing. But they did last time. They gave a Pokemon Direct on June 5th of 2019. And then they put Sword and Shield in the Direct for another minute or two. So, like, I wouldn't be shocked. Although, I kind of hope in, like, July we just get another small trailer with the region name and another Pokemon and kind of drip feed us that way. I I really do. We also don't know this generation's gameplay mechanic yet we don't know it is it's not dynamax mega evolution z moves we we just don't know which i'm fine with i'm cool with holding that stuff back but i thought we would have gotten both of those things in today's trailer so part of me is glad we did part of me is very upset that we didn't but the big thing outside of pokemon and legendaries and cool ass box art is something that they pretty overtly told you this game will have full four player co-op with the ability to go anywhere without restrictions of the story that is such a huge enormous me you jim Nugebauer, and ryan cunningham could go together and play a pokemon game in co-op the entire way through that's enormous
1: now was that that this was just announced right that wasn't announced prior like we didn't know that it was four players.
0: We they had said open world previously, but the four player co op was just announced today. So, oh, you just have to have good online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and and <laughs> thankfully, we all do. It sounds like yeah. yours is going great with your switch that you've recently made. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. There might have been maybe two little hiccups where you know, again, you got to restart the modem or router. Then once you do that, you, you know, you're back and running. So usually a little restart, you know, once a week or something like that, we're good to go.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna read the right from Pokemon's website. The world of Pokemon, uh, the newest chapters in the Pokemon series are coming to the Nintendo Switch with these new titles. The Pokemon series takes a new evolutionary step, allowing you to explore freely in a rich, expressed, open world. Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet offer an open world experience that only the Pokemon series can deliver. One welcoming for even newcomers. You can experience a new style of adventure. And here we go. My favorite sentence in the history of Pokemon with a world that you're free to explore at your leisure and not in an order dictated by the story. If you go back to one of our old episodes, it's the first episode of March of this year. I think we even titled it Pokemon Gen 9 Revealed or something like that. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, whatever we titled it as. And we did our impressions of the announcement and like what we hoped for. I said the number one hope I have would be a game where we could go to any gym in any order and the game adjusts the team of that gym leader based on where we decide to go. And it's been confirmed that we can go and do that. I am so you, blown away.
1: Yeah, so you got to be most ecstatic for the game because if that was your number one thing that you wanted and you got. So to me, you, you have to be all in on
0: this game. This This to me gives me absolute infinite amounts of replayability. The fact that you can go anywhere, do anything. Now, me, I'm a completionist, especially with Pokemon game. I literally completed everything you can do in Legends. I'm going to do all the side quests and all this stuff here. But like, let's say I went to this town first, and then this town, and then this town. My next playthrough, I can switch it up. I can go to here first, and here, and here, and do the gyms in that order. Now, I don't know because they didn't specifically say that the gym leaders are going to adjust their teams and scale and number of Pokemon and levels based on where you're at. They didn't get into that. But when you say the words... When you say the words in you on your website explore at your leisure and not in an order dictated by the story that tells me you can go to any gym at any time and that just makes me so fucking excited. Oh man, I went to this the, the grass gym. What well, grass gym? I didn't even know that existed. I'm at the fire gym. What? I didn't yeah. d- d- it feels like we're kids again exploring the things for the first time with our game boys in a basement fucking playing together. Like it feels like exploration is back as opposed to just straight lines go to this town go to this town go to this town and you're done
1: look how far pokemon has come
0: it only took them 26 years <laughs> uh, um, let's see you will of course journey to hone your skills as a pokemon trainer but many more discoveries and stories await you meet a variety of people in pokemon blah 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 we got that here we go this is the multiplayer stuff Pokemon Scarlet and Violet will allow multiplayer gameplay with up to four players along with series staples such as trading and battling. You will be able to explore the various locations of the region in these games with other players. You can discover new Pokemon and explore unfamiliar areas with your friends and family opening the door to an adventure more precious and fun than ever. You can literally play the whole game 4 player co-op and just go around and do things together. God.
1: That this is, is the Pokemon fun, game man. I feel like most of us have been waiting for probably for the last 15 years.
0: The funniest part is I'm gonna play it solo. The funniest part of all this is I want it so bad and I'm just gonna play it by myself. Because I mean, we I'm all, sure for we're at, all adults. at least
1: the first run.
0: Yeah, we're all adults. Like I look at it like Borderlands. I like to play Borderlands by myself first and then I'll play with somebody else after. But like, man, we're all adults. We have a lot of us have kids. We have girlfriends, wives, husbands, boyfriends, whatever, busy schedules, work. It's very tough to play games, um, especially finding three other people that our schedules work unless it's 11 o'clock at night, which that ain't happening. Uh, so I'll most likely play the majority of this solo, like you said, especially from my first playthrough. But I would love to get together with, you know, if you get it or Ryan or Jim for sure. And we just kind of venture through the region together. That would be pretty neat. Uh, they get this whole past versus future vibe. You know, you have Scarlet, which clearly takes place in the past. The professor's wearing prehistoric fucking dinosaur teeth around. She looks like Wilma Flintstone. And uh, <laughs> you have the the other professor, the guy who is wearing a literal futuristic kind of outfit. This legendary one looks like an old school rock motorcycle. The other one looks like a futuristic, you know, jet powered motorcycle. So like you totally get the past versus future vibes, which is cool. I wonder if the third legendary that either they teased at the very end with that crystal, which that could be a new evolution, that could be a new type, that could be a new mechanic, that could be um, the third legendary, whatever. I wonder if the third legendary is going to represent the present and kind of bring it all together. That would be interesting. Huh? That's just a theory I have.
1: I thought um, like the, the Scarlet guy, Corotodon, I thought like his chest, like I know people were saying like the motorcycle wheel. I feel like it's either that or a Don fan.
0: An actual Don fan, like yeah, like the Pokemon, like his
1: his back with like the the, his spikes. You know, I don't know, like the the way the way it looks. I was, I could see a wheel or or it's a Don fan. I I feel like both fit.
0: That's a really that's a smart observation because Don fan and Fanfi or Flanfi Flanfi Fanfi Don fan more, but I think it's Fanfi is the first one, the little tiny yeah, the little blue elephant, yeah, yeah. They're especially Donphan, is one of my favorite Pokemon is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated Pokemon and underused Pokemon outside of Gen 2. You just never see it anymore. He's never in anything. And he's totally a transport Pokemon. He in the movies, he literally goes into a wheel and kind of drives around a little bit. So like that would be great if they put them in the game because of the the ability to transport because you know you got to get around this world they're not just going to let you walk in legends they had four or five different ride pokemon this one the legendaries look they can, they can be driven there's gas stations everywhere in this trailer that like you can clearly go get vehicles and things like that like you're going to be able to traverse the world without just walking so like i i wonder if pokemon like a don fan you can roll around in or you know, clearly there's going to be flying ones like birds and shit will take you places. I'm sure like a Corviknight will, will show up and, and fly you around. But like, I wonder, wonder, wonder what Pokemon they would use to get you somewhere fast, like Arcanine or something. I, I don't know. I guess like, rapid
1: or something.
0: Yeah. So, so it'd be it'd be really neat to understand, like the transportation aspect of this game. Like, I I totally get the the past versus the future. And I feel like there could be enough story differences because one focuses on the past, one focuses on the future, that this could be me starting with Violet, finishing it, and within a couple months, going back and playing Scarlet because of the uh, different story. And just maybe, hopefully there's enough differences there that make me want to go play both. Because if you do that, You've just sold millions extra copies because you want to go out and play that. that
1: and you're and you're always going to have the the missing Pokemon. Like you there's
0: always well, that's like... not a problem. I'll trade those with Jim and Ryan. Like, you know, true, but you're you're going
1: to get both packs anyway. So you're going to have the game. So it only makes sense that you're going to play and be both.
0: Well, if you know, I've never. Well, to be fair, um, Shining Pearl is still in its shrink wrap, and I'll never probably never play it. And sword, I only played sword because the pandemic hit and nothing was out. So I just went back to it because I wanted to play a Pokemon game. Oh wow. And that's the only reason I ever took it out of his shrink wrap because I, my Pokedex was filled because I was trading with Jim because um, he played sword. I had shield. So like, that's the thing. I do have three switches. So if, if, no, if everybody plays the same version as me, I'll just play the other version and then just use my two switches to trade with each other. But, you know, if so facto, whatever like i just feel like there's a lot of replayability so far so i'm excited about that um let's talk about the models the pokemon themselves the starters the starter pokemon Quaxly, Fuecoco, uh, Fue and sprigatito we only saw them before in 2d drawings up on the wall in the first trailer in this one their in-game models were shown and them in action what did you think of the starters
1: I mean, I, I think I'm still in the same exact order where I was. Is is still the the flaming from Coco? I still think he would be my starter if I got the game. The other two, I don't know. They they didn't do nothing for me. I thought as I like the name.
0: I like the name Quaxley, but I, I'm dude. not a fan of the look. Me, i so that's how I felt at first. I feel like when Quaxley. I feel like kind of stole the show today. He does like the hair move, like the emo hair flip today, and like in three D. I thought that they popped a lot better than they did as just wrong. It's Like Sprigatito did nothing for me, and now it's done something. Not the greatest thing in the world. Not the greatest thing in the world. I'm not going to choose it. I You'll will never, never be picked ever, never by me. Fuecoco yeah. is my starter, and when I play the other version, when I play Scarlet Quaxley will be my starter. Yeah, but like they looked good. I mean, the actual look of them, they, they I feel like they might have taken the models out of Pokemon Snap, new Pokemon Snap, because Bandai Namco did great with that and put them into this game because the textures looked great. The models are great. And that's of all the Pokemon. Maybe the new Pokemon they showed off all didn't hit with me. But, like, the actual in-game models looked phenomenal. Gengar looked great. Venonat looked super detailed. Yeah, I think it, Gengar
1: probably looked the best.
0: They just, they all, I'm like, the Pokemon with fur looked like they had fur. The Pokemon that were supposed to shine in sunlight had little shadows and things. Like, you you just didn't see it in previous games because they were flat and they were drawn and there wasn't much life to them. So, the, the lighting almost didn't matter as much. Now, in this big new world, I, I like them a lot. So, I think the Pokemon popped, I'll say but I'm still team Fue Coco from a starter perspective for the first time in history, Sam, we're getting two different professors, one professor for Scarlet, one professor for Violet. Twitter's going nuts with the memes saying, why do we have hot professors? It's just a weird discourse going on on Twitter right now. A lot of thirst on the internet, but just from a, we're getting two different professors. That that could be unique. Is that something that, Stood out to you, was interesting to you, or do you really feel like they're gonna say and do the same shit? One's gonna just be a girl, one's gonna be a guy.
1: I mean, I I figure I mean it's good to see some, you know, something different on each game. I think we I think that's one thing we've always complained about is we wanted something a little bit different so we could play both, not just get one, or you know, thankfully, usually how we used to do it is I'd get silver or you get gold or something like that. But overall, I think it's a good idea. Why not?
0: Yeah, the only thing that I have trepidation around was if you look in the background they are both standing in front of the exact same whiteboard with the exact same writing on it. So I'm like, Oh no, like I know it's the intro scene for them. So like, of course it's going to be similar, but I really hope they just didn't copy and paste one over the other. And they actually do and say different things and have different characteristics. And like, maybe even influence the story a little bit. Cause again, there's more replayability. Yeah. It's like, Oh, let me see what the Scarlet professors like. Do they, does she help you more? Does she turn evil? Like what's going on here? So like is time travel in there like i, I just want to know more about these two professors so i'm liking that i'm not sure however if i like the realism in their look they looked like humans and that sounds good and it sounds like pokemon has made a step up graphically and they have textures on shirts textures on pokemon the hair it all looks so much better but like both professors included they looked like way too real for me and like a normal human, which I don't know, for some reason, part of me prefers the over the top anime look. Part of me likes this ball, like part of me likes the balls that they had to make a drastic change. Did that stand out to you at all that maybe these NPCs are just way too human like and real like and you kind of wanted more of the anime style or were you good with it?
1: I mean, I could definitely see where you're coming from. I I just looked at it. I just kept looking like, man, I cannot believe where Pokemon has come, where it started and where it's at now. I think that's probably more what I was focused on. But I I mean, I thought it looked great.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing. I think I'm going to take that as a positive because, again, I always say it. Majority of people out there doing, saying, playing, listening to something are casuals, maybe outside of music. Maybe music, you're more of a fan of a band that you listen to all the time as opposed to a casual. But like casual video game players they see pokemon they do it they're not hardcore pokemon fans they're not hardcore marvel hardcore batman it's more a lot of casual so i feel like that's cool if a regular good old-fashioned person is just like holy shit that looks good i'm used to seeing these eight-bit little characters on the screen okay i'm with you i'm not sure if it's clicked with me yet i'm i'm gonna wait to see that uh there looks to be a lot of character customization options which is always a good thing i've felt like in past games there haven't, hasn't really been too many options for your hairstyles, for your clothing. So the more, the merrier there. There was one dude who was like nerdy looking with a red tie and glasses. And I was down with him. He's cool. Uh, Pokemon follow you again. They don't look as dumb as they did the last two games. In BDSP, they looked just horrible. They got you stuck on walls and it was just, it was just a mess. And then in Sword and Shield and the DLCs, they followed you so far behind you that they were off camera. While you were walking, you could never see them. It was it was a bad thing. I feel like they've gotten that so far. That looks good. So there's good there. Here's something. Here's an original theory. Um, actually, it's not even an original theory, it's an original thought. Something I haven't heard a single person say all day. And again, I've watched this trailer a billion times. Is how this theme of past versus future is like perfect. It's ripe for DLC. One DLC could focus solely on a story in the past, one DLC in the future you've just made 30 extra dollars. You can do a third DLC of them coming back together, you know, and, and like or like flashing to the present or like that third legendary. You can have a th- entire DLC around him instead of, you know, making that third game because they're going to bring DLC again. The, the DLC for Sword and Shield was just such a massive success. So like they're going to go down that route again. You could do three packs and make it $40 and people like there's a way for you to make a boatload of money off a of DLC on this one, so I'm I'm excited there now. But now let's talk about the things that people want to talk about and that's the new pokemon that we're showing off we got five new pokemon two legendary three non-legendary no final evolutions all stage one which is weird we saw dreadnought and corvinite in the first sword and shield trailer and and even eldegas all final evolutions this was just the first ones so we got three i have them all in front of me um sam Pawmy, Lechunk and Smoliv are the three non-legendary Pokemon we saw today. An Olive Pokemon, a Hog Pokemon, and the Pikachu clone for Gen 9. Any of them stick out to you? What would you think?
1: LeChunk was the one that, I mean, I, I think it's probably taken Twitter by storm. As soon as that little dude rolled out of that damn grass, I, I just I, I just started laughing. You know, like, if you could bring out a Pokemon that make me laugh, and I'm pretty critical on new Pokemon, but LeChunk, the Hog Pokemon. I, I, I think he's he's definitely probably the new favorite one for me.
0: The Gen 1 Dex voice. I love that. The Chunk Pokemon. um, Yeah, Lachan is like that Filipino pig dish. So, like, they really went hard with this name. Like, they're basically telling you his evolution is going to be a roasted pig with an apple in his mouth. Like, you done I fucked up. Uh, <laughs> like They made it a food. But, like, I hear it all the time on Twitter, like, stonks and chunk and chunky yeah. boy all these like, so like they went ham with that and they kind of <laughs> leaned into the funny naming conventions and they also made it very relevant with the food so like of course the is the one that stuck out to me of course he's my favorite of course i'm going to have him on my team he is the new Wulu. if you remember when sword and shield was announced Wulu, the sheep pokemon it took twitter by storm everybody loved Wulu. then he evolved double was
1: no one gave a shit
0: no one gave a shit double was just fine i'm really hoping that lechunk's evolution doesn't just make you want to put him in your box and never ever ever look at him again but he's a chunky boy he's my chunky boy i will die for lechunk then come back to life and die again that's how much (laughs) i love lechunk the other two the other two however um well you know what hold on before we go there before we go there you might be saying to yourself, like, what is LeChunk? As a matter of fact, I have uh, in front of me the new Pokemon. So we'll tell you a little bit about LeChunk here. Uh, and then we'll go into the other two. So LeChunk is this, like, black pig with, like, it looks like he's crying or something. He's got, like, maybe makeup or something. But this big nose. The hog Pokemon, normal type. It knows or uh, Aromavel and Gluttony. Um, he's, like, one of those... Uh, uh, mushroom or um oh my god what's the the really expensive mushrooms oh my god what are they called truffles thank you cheese one of those truffle sniffing pigs that like he has an excellent nose most fragrant wild grasses rich berries result of its dining habits it radiates an aroma that bug pokemon dislike so maybe there's gonna be some rivalry between him and like an early bug pokemon um, at first glance you think it's fat but in reality it's mostly muscle built by constantly walking around looking for food i i just love lechunk so if you want to look at these pokemon that's the two legendaries the starters in action and these new three pokemon palmy lechunk and Smoliv, they're on our instagram not even in our story you can just go to one of our latest posts and they're all in there for you to take a look at but palmy and Smoliv, what did you think there
1: i think they were. I don't know. Them two were just kind of like throwaways for me. The chunk was my guy. Yeah. Uh,
0: Small of I love. I love small of. And I love small of for the simple fact is they're really leaning into the Spain thing. Spanish olives. Like when you think of Spain, you think of something like, you know, a martini with an olive. Like you think of things like that. Those beautiful like Spanish countryside, you know, the olive farms and just like I really like how they're kind of leaning into that. I could have gone with a grape, you know, smogrape, grape, uh, but, but like, you know, small is cool. The olive Pokemon. It's the, it's the route one grass. These are all the route one Pokemon. It's the route one grass type. Um, it knows early bird. It has an oil so bitter uh, that it will make you flinch. It can go a week without eating or drinking. It prefers to sunbathe. So like, it's this cute little olive. I thought it was a petalil or Badoo regional form, until I found out that it was named small. If it's got a little olive on its head, a green olive with the pit and everything, it's super cute. But Palmy is the one that didn't do it for me. It's the one that, like, I'm meh on it. I didn't love it or really even like it too, too much. Um, this is the Pikachu clone. It's the mouse Pokemon. It's electric. It's got the cheek things, just like Pikachu. You think this one was more of a throwaway?
1: Oh, I I, I thought Besides the junk, both of them were to me just to me. I'm more picky than you are.
0: This is also the route one stuff. Like these are the super early stuff you're going to get and then never use again. The rattatas, the pidgeys, the caterpies. Like if you use radicate or you know pidget, then you know your team's fine, I guess. Uh, But palmy, it knows static, it knows natural cure, electricity discharges. It has it has electricity discharging organs in its paws. Its thick fur stores electricity, so. It's fine. It's not my favorite. Never going to be my favorite if it evolves, which a lot of these Pikachu clones don't. Um, you know, you had Raichu, you had a Lolan Raichu, but like Pachirisu doesn't evolve, Mimikyu doesn't evolve, Moga uh, doesn't evolve, Plusle and doesn't don't evolve. So there are a ton that don't. The um, uh, uh Togedemaru, which is one of my favorites, none of them evolve. So I wouldn't be shocked if this thing doesn't evolve either. Uh, The legendaries. They're my favorite legendary since X and Y, which was three generations ago Um, with Xerneas and Yveltal. Y- Xerneas is just top tier legendary, but I don't love Yveltal as much as I do Xerneas. So it's kind of like Xerneas carries that. This, I love them almost equally, and I haven't loved all the legendaries almost equally since Gen 3, since Groudon, Kyogre, and Rayquaza. So like this... Is really cool. We talked a little bit about the legendaries uh, already, but this these are some of my favorite legendaries in the entire series, and I've only seen them for twelve hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just I wasn't a fan of like that metallic like machine. I, the other one was like a a lizard dinosaur with a little rooster head or something with the, at least with the feathers at least. And you know, the, I I called the Don fan. People are saying the motorcycle wheel, whatever, but I. I the last gen I could think of liking them both is probably silver and gold, like really three. I I didn't care for Gen three. Like the, I was always it was either one or that. Like I didn't like the other one. Like in three, that's like I mm. didn't. I didn't really like any of them in three. I didn't really care for Groudon, Kyogre, or Rayquaza, which is a very unpopular opinion.
0: That's totally okay though. I mean, you're yeah. you know. What about? I thought you uh, liked Sun and Moons with uh, Lunala and Solgaleo, the fire lion, and that cool winged star looking yeah, yeah but
1: like, I, I like so i like the the, the sun because of, of the line the other one i thought was okay but you know mm-hmm. i wouldn't say i love them both but yeah. i could say i like them but yeah. like to say i loved like i liked ho i loved ho and i love lugia so it's like that's i I probably have to go back to
0: two to say that am i like in the minority by saying ho is one of my least favorite legendaries of all time
1: i to be honest i don't know
0: just can't. Stand. I mean,
1: I think I feel like L- Lugi just gets all the love. I mean, which yeah, is r- rightfully so. Like I love Lugi. I love Lugie the most. But I also, for whatever reason, I liked Ho because I even as a, I think I think I had both grown up. I'm pretty sure I had silver and gold.
0: Is Mewtwo your favorite legendary of all time?
1: Um, I. I know it's
0: a top, I know we're off the top of the. It uh,
1: would. It would almost be like a probably like a cop out and either. Either go like Mew just because you had to use the music a, a mythical,
0: arcade. technically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'll count it because Mew is, uh, you know.
1: Or, arc- you know, again, I could be like, then you, I could just say, you know, Arcanine or Ty- Tyranitar. Like, they would be like my two favorite legendaries. If, if you want to go that route. Yeah, they're pseudo legendaries.
0: The they have the stats of a legendary, but they're not technically legendaries. Like, anything with a 600 plus BST base stat total count. It's this whole lore thing. um Yeah, I just, I love these legendaries. Coridon koraidon actually it's probably i'll say koraidon koraidon it's k-o-r-a-i-d-o-n is the scarlet legendary like you said it's got the motorcycle wheel when it puffs out its chest its tail is also part black so my guess is the tail can also kind of form the the second wheel it's got these like things coming out of its head that clearly are handlebars like this looks like harley Harley
1: transformers and shit
0: it it, you got to get around the map somehow um so, like, the other one has jetpacks and and it's, like, got, like, the wheel in the chest that makes it look like it's going to hover. It's clearly, it looks to me like an electric steel type, which, if you got a ground type, you're going to fuck it up real good, um, unless it knows levitate. But, you know, I tend to go Miradon, uh, Miradon, Miradon, I, again, I'm not going to pronounce it, M-I-R-A-I-D-O-N. The Violet Legendary is is my favorite. But here's the thing. They both look really really fucking cool that when i inevitably trade for the scarlet's into my violet game my they they both might find their way into my post-game team i make my post-game team pretty oh, stacked right. so i'm i'm, I'm live in these legendaries both of them a lot of them and when you go on the website it's funny it says uh uh they grace the covers of the games respectively You can meet them in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. These they are said to have powers that far surpass other Pokemon, but details about them are still shrouded in mystery. So nothing else really around the legendaries. We talked about the box art Pokemon centers. This is a big one. Pokemon centers. They look like gas stations scattered all around the land. They're completely outside. You don't even go indoors anymore. All the gyms, they looked outside. It makes the world just feel connected that I could just walk up to like a kiosk looking thing. Uh, and and there's my Pokemon center. I'm going to go into the building and have it load and talk to my five people in there, blah, blah, blah. I can kind of knock it out all in one. I like this gas station. Look to the Pokemon centers.
1: Yeah. They got like it, like a Chick-fil-A. They get that drive. through. <laughs> really
0: um, we talked about being team violet. So just one more thing for me. Um, One of the trainers that you meet, he was like the little dude. He looked like youngster Joey who had shorts. They were comfy and easy to wear. You met him in the trailer. He throws out a Pokemon, blah, blah, blah. He was wearing a shirt with a silhouette of a Taurus, a Taurus head on it. And Taurus hasn't had anything at all since gen one. It had Bufalant, but that's technically not an evolution at all. It should have been, but Taurus is a standalone, not evolving Pokemon from gen one. Taurus is Spanish in origin. Bulls are all throughout Spain's culture. This kid was wearing a fucking shirt with a Toros's head on it. D- does that tell you that Toros is going to be revealed as one of the regional forms? We're going to get a regional Toros?
1: That's actually, I didn't even think that deep in it. Maybe it's time to show Tauros get some love. It's been a, it's been a damn
0: long time. Instead of making a brand new bull Pokemon for the third time, why not just take the most beloved one you have, one that's really been kind of ignored since Gen One? Throw a new type on them, like Fighting or Ground or something like that. Make them look cool as shit. Bring them back, and there starts that whole regional variance. You know we're gonna get them. You know we're gonna get a bunch of new old Pokemon that are new to this region. I truly feel like Tauros could be the first one revealed. Remember Exeggutor with the giant neck? Yeah. Yep. You know, and he became a fucking dragon type for Christ's sake. That's
1: wild. Yeah, that, to me. that is crazy.
0: I could see a ground type Tauros or a normal ground or a fighting or something like that. Maybe fighting because it's literal bull fighting. Um, so maybe that's it. Um, but yeah, I think Tauros is coming back in a big way and we're going to get a regional Tauros. So, that's it the trailer is on our facebook right now the still shots of it are on our instagram if you want my additional thoughts on it that go on my twitter at greg talks a lot i'm glad to see sam that you enjoy the trailer as well for the it sounds like for the most part but i want to hear more specifically what you liked let's go into our top three for the week our top three things from the trailer
1: all right i don't know if my number three is stupid or i don't know if this was in games before but my number three I love seeing snow in Pokemon. Mm. I don't. I don't know if that was in other games before, but the you know the few little shots that they showed us with snow, I thought it looked great, and I definitely want more gameplay in the snow.
0: Yeah, there are a ton of areas, a lot of it in like Gen Four, which you just quite frankly didn't play a lot of, so I totally understand why. Um, a lot of snow there. Snowpoint City is a city in the games. It's Um, like,
1: yeah, I have no idea because I skipped that whole thing.
0: Legends Arceus has an entire place called the Alabaster Ice Lands and guess what? It's my favorite map to go to and it's cool because it's not just ice types. They have fire types to keep warm. They have electric types to keep things running. There's like really cool. There's fighting types because you got to fight to survive to stay cold. Like the reason they put different Pokemon in there. I see like a bunch of Electabuzz and I'm like, I understand why they're in the ice. It makes sense to me. So I do love that too. And to know that we're going to get a snowy portion of an open world game is definitely exciting. I'm with you there. Uh, My number three is uh, the in-game models of all the Pokemon are super detailed and they look great. Even if I'm not like a huge fan of the ultra realistic human look, even if I'm not a huge fan of Pokemon like Palmy, just the fact that they look good and they look detailed and they don't look flat or hand-drawn or like, the horrible sprites in BDSP or sword and shield. I didn't love their sprites. The fact that they're taking these looks from games like new Pokemon snap and finally putting work and detail into the things we care about, which are the characters and the Pokemon. If the world looks like shit, I don't care as long as the characters and the Pokemon look great. And they've nailed that so far.
1: My number two, I had to go with my dude, Lechonk man. Yeah, dude, When he came out, I literally laughed out loud. Like you said his eye like I don't know if it was his eyeliner or a tear or if he just had long long fur. I, I don't know what he's got going on. But LeChunk is the new standout star to me.
0: My number 2 is also LeChunk
1: <laughs> For all not. the
0: same reasons.
1: I mean, he's just a, he's just my boy. I love that. Um my my number 1 is 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 with from Violet to Scarlet uh, Corodon. I thought he looks great. He's He's the first Legendary, like a new one that they announced that I actually like. Usually I'm like, eh, it's okay. I know everyone loves Rayquaza for whatever reason. You would think I, I love dragons, but for whatever, Rayquaza does not do it for me. So I'm, I am I love to see that. At least I like the Legendary for Scarlet.
0: That's great because the what, what people see when they go to buy in the store are the Legendaries. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm with you there. It's, if it gets a bunch of kids to say, ooh, what's that cool looking thing? Let me go buy it, and then they find out Pokemon because you know this game will be somebody's first Pokemon game, and that to me is yeah. so cool. I want them to series... the look at the
1: case and say, "What's that Don fan doing on this?" <laughs> uh,
0: my number one is—I said it before; I'll say it again: free to explore without yep. restriction from the story. Yep. I that was your number one. I cannot from wait. two months ago. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait to see what that means will i ultimately be disappointed yes but right now in my head it says that i can go (laughs) i can go to any gym in any order i'll take it if they literally just do the bare minimum scale the levels even if every pokemon leader has four pokemon and like you don't have to change much from a pokemon standpoint and you just scale the level based on my level i'll take it Just give me something that doesn't just say, this is Gym 1, this is Gym 2, all the way through Gym 8, and you have to play them in this order. It makes it just a little bit meh. I like what Sword and Shield did. They started on this where they gave you version-exclusive Gym Leaders. Shield's Gym Leaders are 10 times better than Swords. And so, like, I liked that. That was a nice start. But if you really want to evolve it, make it go wherever we want. Make there be 12 Gyms and we just have to pick eight. Ah, the replayability just sells itself. Sword and Shield said it. There are 18 gyms in Galar. Ten of them are the minor leagues. The eight you're going for are the major leagues. Let's get those other ten. Let's let us pick the eight gyms. As long as we get eight badges, we can go to the Pokemon League. It doesn't have to be these eight badges. Give me that freedom of choice, and you've won me over yet again so that was the uh breakdown on the pokemon scarlet and violet trailer uh thank you for hanging in with me i know i get really nerdy about that stuff it means a lot to me i was very very hyped on that but time to just take a breath
1: take your breath taste take a sip of water we know you love your pokemon so i I just let you go off because i I know you 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 need your pokemon stuff in your life but now let's get your predictions for summer games fest the xbox Bethesda game showcase end the summer nintendo direct
0: we were not lying when we said this was going to be a monster of an episode like yeah so many things packed into this episode And i just got done talking about pokemon scarlet and violet forever i took my breath i'm back i'm ready more predictions for me i'm going to start with summer games fest i'm going to go into the xbox bethesda showcase since they are the two that we have dates for confirmed i'll end with a nintendo direct normally i do like 20 like for every one of them, I have like 60 predictions. Now, I, I only have about 15 or 20 total across every event. I went gotcha. a little bit. I, I dumbed it down a little bit this year. So I'm very proud of myself. You all already heard my state of play predictions and my state of play recap. So maybe just maybe those predictions were correct for Summer Game Fest. Here's what I think we get. I think we get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection and Shredder's Re- uh, Revenge uh, game. Release dates. I think one of them is June. I think one of them is July. I think Shredder's Revenge is this month. I think Cowabunga Collections next month. And by August, we're playing a shit ton of Turtles games, and that's a good thing. Uh, I also think we are getting Resident Evil Village DLC announced, or or, and this would be preferred for me, the Resident Evil Four remake announcement uh, or reveal. Ooh. I don't think we'll get both. And while I prefer the RE Four one. I think more realistically, the Resident Evil Village one, the DLC is real. they're both real. they're both happening. neither have you know, but they did say last year DLC's in the works. So I feel like
1: okay, DLC's coming first.
0: yeah, and it's and it was announced a year ago. We haven't seen it yet, so it's been cooking. so I think that that's the more realistic one. Here's a big one, Sam. actually my my last four or uh, three of my last four are really big. I think. There's a 40% chance, 30% Mortal Kombat 12 gets announced. Kind of fast, huh? Mm, When you look at the pantheon of Mortal Kombat games, it kind of fits. It kind of fits. Plus, an announcement doesn't mean a release. Probably next year. True. So I think it's possible. I think NetherRealm's ready. Warner Brothers was announced as one of the partners for Summer Games Fest. So that could mean Hogwarts Legacy. That could mean this game. That could mean a new thing. That could be Batman. Could be. Yeah, it could be Gotham Knights. So, you know, and Gotham Knights, I think a court of owl was in the summer game fest trailer. Well, I'll get to that at Bethesda, uh, the Xbox Bethesda thing. Hint, hint. So, okay. Maybe it's a far reach, but Mortal Kombat 12, you got multiverses. That's another thing that's holding me back is like Warner Brothers is releasing a Smash Bros. fighter. So, like, maybe they don't want to step on each other's toes, but. I think there's at least a 30% chance that this one is true. <clears throat> this one's my, my one pie in the sky. But it's time, ladies and gentlemen. Can we please get a reveal of the new Bioshock game?
1: Mm-hmm. Long overdue.
0: How many times have I predicted this? I think every conference in the past three years. you 0 for yeah. 7. <laughs> I think that's the true number. Um, soon to be 0 for 8, because it's probably too early still. But boy, give me the new Bioshock game. I think this one, this next one is pretty safe. And by safe, I don't mean safe as in everybody's predicting it. I mean, safe as in like, I'm really confident in this one. Um, I think silent Hill comes back. I think whether it's a remake, whether it's silent Hill 2 remake or whether it's a new game in the franchise, I think we're getting silent Hill. And I think that because last summer games fest, Guillermo del Toro comes out and he says, Oh, you thought it was silent Hill. You'll get that next year. And nobody's talking about that. Nobody seems to remember when he said that, but I do. I remembered it the second he People said it. forget elephants never forget. So I I'm pretty sure that that means we're going to get silent Hill plus bloober team, which has been rumored to be working on silent Hill has been announced as an official partner. So I think that kind of almost confirms it, but we'll see. Uh, and my final summer games fest prediction this one's kind of dumb, and I'm almost positive I saw it today in a trailer, but I'm pissed. I think we get a re-reveal of Marvel's Midnight Suns. Um, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. That game, it's like a strategy game. It got delayed. We don't really know much about it. I think we get the re-reveal and the 2023 release date. So that's where I'm at with the Summer Game Fest opening night. If Resident Evil, Turtles and Bioshock happen, I'll consider it a success. And there's going to be shit we don't know yet. So definitely look forward to that. That will be June 9th will be that show. So next week on the pod, Sam's going to give his state of play and we're going to have impressions on the boys and the Summer Game Fest recap. So it's going to be a crazy episode next week. For Xbox Bethesda, this will be June 12th. This is a Sunday. So that's episode 287. We'll have our thoughts on this conference. I'm going to go with my two pie in the sky, one more realistic, one not so much, and then I'll go into the real ones. My biggest pie in the sky. It's pretty obvious. I've predicted this one seven times in a row and have been wrong. Can we please get a new banjo game, please?
1: please <laughs> this Rare? is strictly for you and Shriver.
0: Please. I mean, Rare has been working on Everwild for years. They, they're they still years away. They, they Just scrap it. Bring us Bring us a new banjo game. Make Rare make it at least half of them. Let's get a new banjo game. But again, pie in the sky. Also pie in the sky, but not for reasons of it not existing. Boy, I really hope we get the GoldenEye remaster. Mm-hmm. I really do. God, we can only hope. I truly believe that we haven't gotten it yet because of the Russian Ukraine war. Because that yeah. game is so yeah. heavily influenced by Russia. Like, yeah. I, like I can war. see
1: I could even see them pushing that game out another year just and, you know, just to keep it, you know,
0: uh, and it kills me. That's why it's a pie in the sky, because I can yeah. w- I can see them holding this back yeah. until there is a there is an end to that war, yeah. which, you know, doesn't selfishly as a gamer, it. you know, man, I'd love to have that game back. But uh, for obvious reasons, I understand why they would yeah. like that. back. yeah, Um. this one's easy and less of a prediction and more of a you're going to get it. We're going to get Starfield gameplay. My prediction is 15 minutes. I think they're going to blow us At out of it because they need to. They just delayed it until 2023. They need to blow us out of the water. So we'll get that. We'll get a Redfall gameplay debut. I'm pretty safe here. Here's a good one. I think we're going to get a Gears of War collection. One through five and Judgment, maybe. Maybe one through four and Judgment. But I think they're going to remaster Gears 2, Gears 3. Gears 1 was already remastered. Um, Gears 4 and 5 run really well on the Xbox One, so there's not much they really have to do. So I think we're going to get that. And. Coalition's going to tease gear six and and the coalition is also working on a new ip and i think they're going to tease that too here's Damn. why very quickly here's why xbox has nothing this year they already know that they've delayed their two big titles they need to they need to do something to blow our minds and xbox has this really shitty habit really shitty habit of announcing games way too early they did it with Perfect mm. dark They did it with Starfield and Redfall. Well, technically they were both Bethesda games, but you get my point is they gave us release dates on those before they were actually ready to commit. So they have this thing where they're going a little too soon with things. Halo Infinite got delayed 57 times and it didn't even launch in the greatest state. So like they kind of get it, got to get on the ball with this. So what are they going to do? They're going to try and drum up the hype with future stuff. And with future stuff, Gears of War, it's your second biggest first party franchise, arguably outside of Halo. So, like, what the, what are they working on? What's the Coalition been doing? It's time to at least tease, even if it's two years away, Gear 6. I think we get a remake of Forza Motorsport. I think that's pretty heavily rumored, so I don't think that's necessarily so ooh-ah. But I do think we get a CG trailer for Fable. I think we get a small CG trailer for Perfect Dark. And I think we don't get anything on the Indiana Jones game, the Xbox exclusive, yeah. or at least the Avalanche Not game.
1: Not till next year.
0: That's what I'm thinking, too. I don't think we get Indiana Jones next year. Here's my third-party one. Gotham Knights, day one to Game Pass. Huh. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Well, I guess. They have so So, many
0: damn people. So, Back for Blood is on Game Pass, and that's a Warner Brothers game. So, the Warner Brothers-Xbox relationship is there, and it's good. Um. Uh, Xbox Game Pass are, has right now Guardians of the Galaxy. It had Marvel's Avengers, or it still does. So superhero games, something big like Marvel is on there as well. So DC isn't technically out of the question. So I think there's enough precedence there for something like Gotham Knights to show up day one, which would be great for me because I don't have to buy it. And I have a reason to keep Game Pass. Um, but that's that. So I think Gotham Knights is going to be their big, hey, I know we are slacking on first party but we just gave WB a fucking boatload of money so we can save our conference this year. Here's Gotham Knights. See you in October, gamers. And then finally, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, both previous PlayStation exclusives, but made by Xbox, crazily enough, uh, because of Bethesda. They will get their Xbox release dates, both of them day one to Game Pass. I wouldn't be shocked if they shadow drop one or both, but there's that. There's my Xbox predictions. And finally, Nintendo Direct. My pie-in-the-sky prediction there is Mario's next 3D adventure. I would love to see the next Mario game. I think Mario and Luigi or Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope gets a December 2022 release date. I think Breath of the Wild 2, we finally get the name of the game, and we finally get some good gameplay, maybe five minutes or so. I think Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD will be announced for this year. Chris Shriver, I will retweet you. When you told me I was wrong, I will retweet you mm-hmm. with a nasty gif. Um, just rubbing it in your fucking face. No, I'm kidding. Uh, congrats on the new podcast. Um, Metroid prime HD, I believe will be announced. I think that we will get a new advanced wars date. They delayed it because of the Russian war, but I feel like August is a good time frame. If we don't, I don't know if it's coming this year. They might hold oh, off yeah. on that. Just like golden. I think we get, 30 seconds and exactly 30 seconds of information on the first wave of Mario strikers battle league. They said they're giving us free content. We'll talk about that in a minute. I think that first free content will be Daisy as a playable character. You've heard it here first. That's my prediction. Um, Big ones. Here's some big ones. Game boy, game boy color coming to Nintendo switch online. I think that we will finally get game boy. And with that Pokemon red and blue. I think we're going to get them, and we're going to be able to play them online with our Switch, put the Pokemon we catch into Pokemon Home, make it this big, cool thing, trade and battle with friends in 8-bit, play that motherfucker on my 85-inch. You want to talk about a dream come true? That's that for me.
1: <laughs>
0: if they go balls to the wall and give us Game Boy Advance, maybe for the in the expansion pack for the $50 members, what game is going to be there? Mother 3. It's fucking happening, people. Mother 3, Game Boy Advance, NSO. Let's go. 0 for 11. 0 for six years. (laughs) That's more than 11, man. (laughs) There have been a lot of Nintendo Directs over the last six years. Uh, Last two, Batman Arkham's coming to Switch. It's time. They're going to announce it. It has to. It's coming. And lastly, we're getting a sequel to 1-2 Switch. It will not be called 3-4 Switch, and I will be disappointed. There's that. So those are my predictions. Semi safe this year, nothing like too, too crazy, but at the same time, you know that we're going to get things that we haven't even been thinking of, that we haven't been dreaming of, that I couldn't even fathom. And I'm excited for that because all within the next two to three weeks, we should have all of those answers. And that, my friends, is very exciting.
1: Next up, let's get your impressions on superpowers of baking.
0: Yeah, this is, um, oh, this is exciting. I've been really, really excited to talk about this game this is from lily Mo games colin moriarty um you, know, you got a little 40, sneak peek huh 49 ownership in the company he wrote the game i believe his name is barry is the main developer behind it this is a kind of a remake if you will a 16 bit almost remake of perils of bacon which was i believe lily Mo's first game this one's super Perils of bacon it is a platformer Um, yes. Thank you to, uh, thank you to Lily Mo first and foremost, um, for making the game. I I can't thank you guys enough. That's super cool of you, but thank you to, to Lam Smith PR, um, who gave us the code. So we did get early access to the game and we got a review copy on PlayStation five, which is fantastic. I had requested a switch code, an Xbox code, a PS4 and a PS5 code, hoping to get switch and PS5. Um, but we just got ps5 totally fine i'm a little upset because i know the ps5 trophy list is harder than the ps4 one so it's kind of hoping for ps4 just to get some an easy platinum but you know i'll just buy it <laughs> so there's that. Right, i might get both versions i think if you buy one you get both for free so in two days i'll just replay it and uh, get that platinum it on ps4 um, it is a platformer you play as a baker your brother is evil that's the long and short of it and you have to get to the end of 55 levels across five different places. It's a very Mario 3 style overworld and UI. You move from one level to the next. Here's the cool part. Every single level has a secret. There's 55 secrets and 55 levels. So that could be could take you to a different world could warp you to the end of the level could take you to a special zone with all these cookies that you collect which are the game's currency and coins is cookies so like you get all these cookies that you can find like a bonus area so like you never know what the secret of the level is going to be hold. but every single level all 55 have a secret which is just beautiful that's awesome the controls are extremely tight They're incredibly responsive with zero, and I mean zero input lag. There are times when I hit the ground and I had to hit X again to jump really quick to avoid an enemy, and boom, it did it. Very tight controls. So important in a platformer. Probably or maybe arguably the most important aspect of a platformer is the way you platform, is the way it controls, and this game has nailed that. An issue I have with the game is the hitboxes. They're a little bit unrealistic. They're a little bit wonky for me. They remind me of Super Mario Brothers on the NES where only Mario's head is a hitbox. If an enemy hits Mario's body, you don't get hurt. Um, Only if you hit his head. There's a little known fact there. People think if Mario touches anything with any body part, he will die. But in fact, you can jump over a piranha plant and your body can hit the piranha plant. You'll be fine. That's a very, very uh, speedrunner 101 tactic for SMB, something that I... I use the shit out of, especially in 4-1. And I feel like there's it's it's consistent. The hitbox is consistent. The hit detection is consistent. And I appreciate that. That's a good thing. But far too often I feel like I've gotten hit by an enemy that I didn't get hit by. And I I was as close, but I didn't really make contact yet. My my character still died. I feel like there's a lot of deaths that were not earned. They were not my fault. I feel like the hitbox is just a little, a little big, a little off for me. Uh there are minecart levels much like Donkey Kong Country. I love them. I love minecart levels. Fast twitch reflex platforming is my favorite. I live on that. The Super Meat Boy style, I just love that so much. So all those minecart levels are top notch. Huge Donkey Kong Country vibes from those, from the underwater levels, even down to the swimming animation. I like that. That being said, I hate water levels and there are a ton in this game. Can't stand them. Especially I think it's level 38. By the way, I'm on level 44 out of 55. I haven't beaten the game yet. Jesus. We just got the code a couple days ago. I think it was. We just got the code. I'm looking it up on Friday. So right before Memorial Day. So less than a week ago, five days, I got the code. So um, I'm on level 44. I'm a good platform. I mean, I'm good at platformers. It's my specialty. It's what I speed ran. I have a knack, a knack for playing them. But I hate underwater levels. There's one too many for me. A special level 38. I feel like there was a lot of cheap deaths I had in 38. I didn't like that. As you may recall, Sam, I cannot stand anti-gravity in games where you yeah. hit a switch and you go upside down. Like Crash Bandicoot. So no one. I said, I hate anti-gravity in games just like I hated it in Crash 4. That's my actual. That's my exact note. And this game has a ton. It's tough. fun. I hate it. So. I will say this game, when you do go in anti-gravity, there's never a part where it's like extra hard or that it's disorienting. They they make it uh, welcoming enough for, for it not to be a burden on the game. So I didn't find the anti-grav sections to be difficult or a or burden. I just personally don't like that mechanic or that trope of gameplay. And so that turned me off when I saw Oh fuck! I gotta flip upside down now. Uh, I love that every level has a secret. I love. I I will say this though: the levels in the forties, like I said, I'm on level I think 44, maybe 45. Man, they're not hard. They're annoying, and I get it. It's the last 10 levels of the game. The last five levels are all like Star Road secret level type deal. 50 is technically, I believe, where the final boss is. But uh in the in the forties. There's auto scrollers that never were in the game before, but now all of a sudden there's an auto scroller. There's the vertical platforming. There's all those bad platformer tropes that I just don't care for specifically auto scrollers. Um, and so like you were so good on it. Everything was great. And then you throw an auto scroller at me and boy, that nothing slows me down. I'm a speedrunner. It's in my nature not to have an auto scroll. It's in my nature to go fast. And when you slow me down, I just, I, I kind of lost a little bit of love for the auto scroller in the forties. It's an incredibly tough trophy list. You have one of the trophies is getting through all 55 levels without getting touched. Fuck that. Not in one run. You can do it independently, but you have to get a flawless run on all 55 levels just to get one trophy. That's brutal. The OST, which is the soundtrack, a little underwhelming. There are like the minecart levels. Good. There are parts where the music shines, but I, I will say that some of the soundtrack doesn't necessarily hit for me. None of the songs I will leave stuck in my head or were particularly memorable, but I appreciate the eight bit chip tune or 16 bit. I should say dying at a boss fight. This is arguably my biggest gripe of the entire game dying at a boss fight. So your brother is the main boss, at least for the first four worlds. And he has been, I don't want to give away story spoilers, but he has been uh, not mutated, but he's like, he looks like the Hulk. Basically he's become this big, Muscly guy, and you got to bunk him five or six times to beat him. But if you don't, before every boss fight, there's this dialogue that comes out between you and your brother. You have a nice combo. Um, unfortunately, that is unskippable. Which I understand the first time. Okay, you got to see the dialogue. But if I die at the boss fight, that fucking dialogue is not able to be skipped. Uh, I hate that. I gotta watch it play out every time and if you're not good you're gonna be you're gonna memorize these lines i'll say that so i don't like that i wish there was an option to skip the dialogue that drives me nuts and the game has new game plus so it's got a lot of replayability one of the trophies or maybe even more than one of the trophies is tied to new game plus so there's a ton of replayability 55 levels you can play multiple times who's going to complain about that it's a fantastic game when i beat it when i beat it I will feel better about giving it a score because I haven't seen the final boss or anything like that. But this right now snugs right between Habroxia 2 and Twin Breaker for me as like an incredible Mo game. It probably won't go down as my favorite, but another really good showing by Colin Barry and the Mo team. That's good to hear.
1: EA and Respawn have finally announced the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order.
0: They maybe gave it the dumbest name ever. Star yeah, Wars Jedi. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Like, dude. You're going to say, like, Jedi Fallen Order kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Jedi Survivor just doesn't.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't a fan of the name at all. It, did you it's watch good the trailer? See, I did. It, it's good to see... Um, Cameron Monaghan back as uh, was, uh, Cal Kesta. And to me, it's only a matter of time before he shows up in live action. We will see him show up wow. in a Disney, series. A Disney Guar- Plus series. We, we we wow. have to. Guaranteed. I, I would bet the farm on it.
0: When does, does – I have to look it up when Jedi Fallen Order takes place in the Star Wars Pantheon or timeline because like, I it I I I would be able like
1: to. Probably in uh, Ahsoka Tana or something like that.
0: Wow, well, I was thinking if he did it would be in some animated show like The Bad Batch. Oh something.
1: no, no, no. He's going to show up in live action played by Cameron Monahan, guaranteed. Wow. I I will bet the farm. I I won't like, even if he shows up as a surprise to Sakata, I wouldn't be that surprised like I know it. I had a feeling. Uh
0: this one takes place 5 years after the first one, so we do have a nice little time jump there. I'm looking up right now um where I... the first one takes place.
1: I, mean, I I don't know that answer. I do. know I, I never played the game. I heard great things.
0: Five years after the Revenge of the Sith, which is what Episode Three, so three it days. takes place. It takes place in that Rogue One ish timeline. So it t- takes place in like that Obi Wan Kenobi timeline, ish right? Be, he
1: could so like show up in Obi Obi Wan. No, Andor. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God! So there's camera definitely- shows up in Andor. Dude, there's room. I, I I won't be surprised. It would be. It's perfect. He he, he looks. He, he plays himself in the, in the game. He looks. It's, it's Cameron Monahan, so it will fit perfectly.
0: Ian Gallagher is in Star Wars.
1: Ladies and yep. Ain't that crazy for <laughs> all our
0: shameless fans out there? Yeah. So they announced this is a Star Wars celebration. No release date. No nothing. But now we know what we've always known: that Jedi Fallen Order is getting a sequel. Yep. Mario Strikers
1: Battle League is getting a free demo with online play.
0: Yeah, the demo for single player was out a week ago. The demo for the multiplayer is out right now as you're listening to this podcast. It's only this weekend. So if you're listening to the podcast as we uh, drop it, at least in the first three days, then you are safe and you can go just to... Download the demo. What you want to do is I had to search to find it. You have to go to the eShop and then you have to go to the Nintendo switch online portion of the eShop. And that's where the demo is because it is available for only Nintendo switch online members. If you don't pay the 20, you ain't getting the money, baby. (laughs) That didn't even make sense. Uh, 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 Let's see. I have the dates here. So the, they call it the first kick. It's an online demo you can go right now and play the tutorial but again by the time you hear this the online portion will be available too so maybe play the tutorial for a few minutes get the controls down but friday june 1st or i'm sorry friday june 3rd the day this episode drops from 9 10, from 11 to midnight 11 p.m to midnight for that hour you can play online matches unlimited uh from on saturday june 4th from 7 to 8 Oh, no, from 7 to 8 a.m., from 3 to 4 p.m., and from 11 to midnight p.m., you can play it on June 4th for those three hours. And on Sunday, 7 to 8 a.m., and 3 to 4 p.m., Sunday, June 5th, you can play uh, all you want online. And my daughter is sleeping over her grandparents on Sunday. So I might be able to, on Sunday, sneak in a couple matches of strikers from that three to four time frame. Hello. Hey. I'm excited. Game drops June 10th anyway, though. So we're nine days away. We're a week from the time this podcast happens. So like, it's if I don't get in there, whatever. It comes out in a week. I'll be fine.
1: And the last story we have in gaming, we got to watch a seven minute gameplay teaser for Sonic
0: Frontiers. The open world Sonic game and Sam, I've done so much talking. I want to hear what you thought. Yeah.
1: Honestly, I think I liked this a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, just with the speed of Sonic, what you could do, how they—you know—again, you're still you know collecting rings, you're running high speeds, and you're still grinding on rails. I think this this game has so much potential. I thought it looked pretty good for an open world. I'm not going to say it looked probably anywhere near as beautiful as, as Legend of Zelda or something like that. But to know that it's coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, uh, they didn't give it, I don't see any release date. All I see is release date of 2022. There is, no, there is
0: none yet. Which we'll probably get at Summer Game Fest, because Sonic was in the trailer, so I'm sure we'll get yeah. that.
1: But I, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I did not think I was going to like it as much as I did.
0: Uh, why is that? Like, what... About it was appealing to you.
1: I, I think just like an open world, like the speedster is Sonic, like it makes sense. Like I get, you know, let you know, to play Zelda. I'm sure it was a great game. It was fun, but like you, know, you, you move pretty slow. Did but to play Sonic to go fast speeds to it looked like the beat bosses. So they had that that little puzzle um where you're like you're, you're on like the color blue blocks, something like that to get points or get levels or something like that. I thought that was pretty neat. It they showed me enough that I'm interested. It's not like that I'm completely out on this game at all. Like you still have my attention. This could be a game I want to pick up. I've always liked Sonic as a kid. I did have a, um, a Sega Genesis growing up, was a huge fan of the games. So this is definitely one that's up my alley. Hmm. And, I, I, and I'm sure you're probably on the opposite because I think you've, you said prior that you, you didn't know how you felt about the open world Sonic.
0: I don't think everything needs an open world. I think Pokemon needed an open world for the simple fact of 26 years of progression kind of led to that direction. But Sonic, to me, hasn't earned that yet. Sonic has made.
1: but so, Wasn't Sonic around before Pokemon?
0: But that's not my point.
1: It, oh, my no, point is there
0: the natural progression of Pokemon is it could have or should have been an open world game from the jump. Like it always lent itself to this big grand world where Sonic started off as this left to right platformer which is not to say that it doesn't deserve or couldn't go in that direction. It's to say that what has it done to earn that place because Sonic hasn't perfected 3d yet. There hasn't been a 3d Sonic game where it's really been unanimously celebrated. Maybe the one with uh, colors, but the remake was dog shit. So like, there hasn't really been the natural progression leading to where we're at now. Like, where is that middle? Because the game that most people love is Sonic Mania, which, guess what, is a 2D Sonic game, a love letter to the old Sonics. Sonic Origins was just announced. What's that? Oh, a collection of all the fucking old 2D games. So, like, they're really leaning heavy. Sonic Generations is a mix of 2D games. Like, they're really leaning heavy into this 2D. And now, all of a sudden, instead of a nice 3D... Sonic game we're going breath of the fucking hedgehog here so like whoa I didn't think breath of the wild was going to influence this many games to make this giant empty open world with piano music vibe but here we are totally fine with that I appreciate grinding on rails I appreciate the fact that this big open world Sonic so fast he can get around it in a bunch of different cool ways I appreciate the Sonic team taking a risk and doing something like this and having to build an open world i
1: feel feel, good i I feel like sonic needed like like a change up like a a fresh start like a sonic i feel like he's been bland for like too many years i i truly feel like this could be something to kind of reignite the love for sonic
0: while i don't disagree what in here screamed not bland to you like there was a lot in this trailer that was kind of boring
1: well, you're in open world. I mean, I, I think it was only seven minutes. I mean, they only probably showed us a, a little glimmer of what they want to show. I just maybe just tired of the side scrolling Sonic games of just you're only going this way. You go back just to just to do what you want to be a speedster. I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm intrigued still.
0: I and again, I don't disagree and I don't the people that were super over the moon for it. Go for it. I'm so happy for you that you're getting what you want and that this Sonic is In a place where it's taking this big risk and taking a chance and like letting you have a completely different style. That's what Breath of the Wild needed to be able to evolve. That's what Pokemon needed to be able to evolve. So maybe this is that step and oh my God, this is what we were missing out on. This is amazing. But to me, this, they didn't show a single enemy. Like this was just him running around. And I know this was was just just
1: your teaser trailer. Just your tease.
0: It was a seven minute gameplay vertical slice. I get that. And I get that it was very, very curated and they showed exactly what they wanted to and they didn't show exactly what they did it's like
1: how did we get gameplay of this and we didn't get gameplay of suicide squad
0: (laughs) which is hilarious i have more faith
1: in i have more faith in sonic than i do uh, that game in suicide squad
0: it's funny because we're going to get sonic before we get suicide squad too so that's that's funny too but uh, nothing in this game screamed oh my god to me I love the grinding on rail stuff. That's such a cool way to get around. I love it. I always did. I'm going to enjoy that. I hope this game is one of the PlayStation games that gets one of those two-hour game trials because that's something I'd be interested in. Yeah. It's seeing it. It might be one of those games where when you play it, it clicks. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, But yeah, right now, I appreciate the risk that it's taking. I love the rails. I love the grinds. It was a little too boring for me a little too empty for me now maybe that was all intentional so i'll i'll hold judgment until i play it because it might be one of those games where you play it to get it anything else from you
1: no let's move on uh
0: let's go into movies what a show tonight uh movies the black adam movie is getting its first trailer june 8th so chalk that one up to two weeks from now or next week? Next,
1: next yeah, Nick, we'll have that next week on the pod. We'll have our oh. impressions.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, it's next Wednesday. So Wednesday, June 8th. So we will have our impressions of the Black Adam trial the next time you hear our voices. That.
1: And, cool. and I believe they just finished reshoots, so it makes perfect sense. I know the Rock's been hyping it up. He's freaking looks like a monster. So I I'm looking to see more of hopefully some Doctor Fate in here. I assume we're going to probably get more of him in the, um in the actual um the uh, Black Adam suit. And we'll see if we get more of you know the other you know heroes, the villains, and and where they're going to go because I am really hyped for this film. DC needs another big one. <sighs>
0: um, yeah, the word reshoots is always scary because it has a negative connotation. Again, hold judgment on that. Um,
1: yeah, but I would say like eighty five percent of movies have reshoots, so I'm I'm not too worried about it yet. It didn't look, it didn't seem like it was like a a three month reshoot. It looked like it was just like a, a two to four week reshoot. So.
0: When I'm this confident. was, when this was almost announced at the first, um, DC fandom in 2020, I was like, I'm in, I'm on it. So two years later and we're finally getting our trailer, this is an exciting time. So cannot wait for next week to be able to react and, and give our impressions on that, but we'll end the the news before we hit our final piece of the show. Toby Emmerich steps down as the Warner brothers picture group chairman, Mike DeLuca, Pam Adby. Uh, abdi excuse me will be taking over the caveat here is there is no official word on what that means for dc movies more of the um the new line cinema movies so we don't know yet
1: i think this is a, a huge step in the right direction especially for wb i mean toby emmerich i mean if you remember um ray fisher's twitter uh toby emmerich was a one of the main guys that was on his list so, and I, I think he just actually tweeted something sooner, like you know, hey, this is looking good for WB. They're finally realizing kind of who they had running their company, and and this is, this is could be huge for for DC WB because they're, you know, their lineup as of late, their movies, I feel like it's just too many hit and misses. They haven't had that right, I mean, that right. Let's be let's be real, Kevin Feige, we, we they don't have that guy over there. It just seems like they're throwing shit at the wall and whatever sticks, they're running with. So, um, if this, if this guy did do all these horrific things that what you read, you read about stories, witnesses, people coming forward, I mean, good riddance and hopefully, you know, WB can start fresh with some new blood.
0: Do you think though that DC gets touched by this or does this... Like what's going? Well, on? I
1: mean, Toby Enric had a lot to do with a lot of the DC movies of WB, and probably I think he was one of the guys that wasn't a fan of the of Zack Snyder. And kind of, I think he was more of the lines that kind of helped, uh, um, Josh Whedon to his you know whatever he did to his movies. So I'm I'm kind of I me I'm the way I'm is fire all that old you know all the old blood all the stuff the bad bad juju get it out bring in some new blood new ideas new stories and we start fresh.
0: Yeah, he's staying with the company, he's just stepping down from that role. That's that's my understanding. There was a second follow-up article saying that like he's going into Something else, but won't have obviously the influence that he does.
1: It's like, you're not chairman. That to me, that that's good news in my you know my eyes.
0: Sam, bring us home with your weekly wada. Just what two and a half hours into the podcast. hey
1: definitely a long one today. Um, weekly wada this week is a sequel to a game I did a few months ago. This one is Gungrave Overdose. This is the sequel to 2002's Gungrave. This came out in 2004. Um, the first game for PS2 Gunner came out in O2. then the animated series came out in O3, and then the sequel, Gun Grave Overdose for PS2, came out 2004. I have it in a 9.6, B-plus grade. Um, you know the, I definitely got a lot of scuffs. Usually when, when people see B-plus in a seal grade, you're thinking there's a rip, there's a hole. I looked at this the seal over and over it's just the game just got a lot of scuffs on the front cover which I was hoping to sneak by with an a but at B plus I guess I'm gonna have to accept it this is the sequel to gungrave like I said this is the y fold with the Sony security label um, wasn't it definitely wasn't a great game reviewed even playing wise I wasn't a huge fan of it again I picked this up just to have the you know the one and two in the games I still baffles me that the game came first then they made the anime which I, I still think the anime is superior. Um, but Metacritic gave it a 68 out of 100. IGN gave it a 7.8 out of 10. And then EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly, gave it a 4 out of 10. So a little, little rough. This is published by Mastiff. This is a third-person shooter. Um, a lot of the art was basically helped created by um, uh, Nightel, who was one of the creators of Trigun. So a lot of his art animation, even the one of the, I think, bad guys, Rockabilly Red Cadillac is his name. It's like, it, it's like a semi resemblance of Vash the Stampede. So you could definitely see it was like an earlier drawing of him that they used for this. So it's pretty neat. Um, definitely. I would prefer the first one over the, the, the sequel, Gone Grave Overdose, but I picked this up raw. I got a great price, sending it in on a few games, just got a few back. So I'll be able to have some weekly waters for at least a, a few more episodes. But, um, yeah, I, again, I can't recommend the anime enough. Make sure you check out Gun Grade.
0: What Long one today, my friend. What an episode. And we don't even know what the final tally is because the state of play impressions are not inserted yet. Oh, as a, as Jesus. As so I'm um, just going to have a the best time editing. I'm just going to have the best fucking time, <laughs> time. But guess what? I'm not editing tonight. I'm going to sleep. Everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us. For this long one, we told you, Facebook, IG, we told you it was going to be long. We told you it was going to be jam-packed, and I think we delivered. We hope that this gets you through your week. It was sure fun to talk about. Hope it's fun to listen to. We'll see you next week for episode 286. We were inverted.